Ben, you know how they say that uh, Richard Gere supposedly likes to put a gerbil up his ass? That's what they say. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but I've heard this tale a time or two. Yeah. And it's long been, you know, considered debunked because it's like, you know, one, why would you do what pleasure could you possibly get out? Like, if you've ever been scratched by a gerbil or a hamster or something, they're teeny little uh, claws, but they'll go at you. I'll tell you what, they got little teeth, little claws, all kind of things in there. Woof. Keep that away from my butthole. I just don't want it. Yeah, nobody no. would. Richard Gere wouldn't. We know this. But I've been thinking, what if someone did see a gerbil run up Richard Gere's leg and go into his asshole? And that's not a lie. And they just oh. misunderstood what was happening there. See, they thought, oh, Richard Gere's into some kinky shit. What they didn't know was... The gerbil is Richard Gere. Holy shit. Yeah. The Richard Gere mech he pilots is an actor. But he's I doing like all the work. I like where this is going. Yeah. The body of Richard Gere is just a big meat mech yep. for a gerbil. For a gerbil. Yeah. I like the sound of this. I can get behind this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's spread this rumor. Richard <laughs> Gere is a meat mech. <laughs> powered is, by a gerbil. Yeah. And he's a vegetarian too. So it's like... You know, that makes sense, because gerbils aren't, aren't you know, meat eaters. So, the gerbil's like, yeah, why would I eat meat? That's weird. It's weird. You know, maybe I'll try to yeah. pretend to do it to look like other humans. Nah, you know what? I'll, I'll be a vegetarian. Dude, the more you explain it, the more it just makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm just telling you, if you're out there right now listening, the gerbil that is Richard Gere, I yeah. see you, I hear you, okay? We're I'm on here you. for you, buddy. I'm here for you. Also, how have you lived this long? That's wild. Gerbils don't live that long. They really don't. No, yeah. it must uh-uh. be a space gerbil or something. What if it's like a family lineage where, like, the the body of Richard Gere keeps getting passed down from generation to generation? I'm just gerbils? imagining a gerbil with with glasses on the end of its nose, like. Now, when you grow up, little Billy, you'll have to be Richard Gere. You'll learn to pilot the man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like it, dude. Yep. I like it. And you heard it here first yep. on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the Richard Gere talkingest, thrill meest <laughs> horror movie podcast in this multiverse and the next. Here with those of the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben, back from a week of adventure. Woo! And me, Hollywood Steve, uh, back from nowhere. I was, I never went anywhere. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a whole week of not anywhere. Yep. Tight. That sounds awesome, honestly. Like, as fucking busy as things have been for me lately, I think that sounds pretty rad. It was. It was really cool. Like, I got a bunch of stuff done, and just like, you know, when I was done, it's like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> I don't have to go home. I'm here yeah, at home. Don't have to go anywhere. I'm there. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. And uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a night of Anne Crepe. The <laughs> night of Anne Crepe. The night of Anne Crepe. I, yeah. Just one. Yeah. It was something that. It's like night. a really thin pancake. Yep. <laughs> Just one crepe. It, it, it yep. doesn't even take even close to a night to make a crepe. So this is like a. Like, they really went all out on this crepe. 
Oh, yeah. But could you imagine, like, how scary that would be if all you had to sustain you for an entire night was just one crepe? Like, that's nowhere near enough <laughs> sustenance. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I'd make it. it it's just a night. I, you know, what, what? I guess maybe the stores have closed and you can't. Is that it? Like, There's not a- even any cool fillings in it, Steve. It's oh, just, no, a just a crepe. Just a crepe. Just a plain old crepe. Yeah, it's like less substantial than a tortilla. Come on. That's true. And I, I I don't wish for that to happen, but I think I can make it. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, Steve. <laughs> I would. I, I would wish that. <laughs> you I would? Mean, okay. Yeah. May you have one crepe this evening, you'll say. <laughs> curse you. <laughs> May you have one crepe this evening. Old French curse. <laughs> From hell's heart, I strike at you, and I wish upon you one, one crepe. One crepe for the evening. Say it ain't so. No, that's too far. A Go to bed crate. hungry, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to skip on to the uh, to the movie review portion because you just can't handle us talking about crepes and stuff, there's a time set for you in the podcast description, but you're going to miss the good stuff. So hang around and chill with us. Crack open a co-beer. You know what? What? I think I'm going to crack me open a co-beer right now. Why not? I've been working all damn day. I might yeah. as well have myself a co-beer. Goddamn right. While you're cracking open that cold beer, uh, we've only uh, talked about this at the end of episodes. I thought I'd throw it in early. The uh, the 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 upcoming Dead and Lovely, uh, what you call it, meetup. There it is. Uh, That's we'll right, be, it's coming up. Yeah. We're going to be hanging out in the fucking cemetery. Oh, yeah, it's going to get <laughs> real dark. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, we're, we're going to uh, obviously be meeting up in downtown Knoxville on November 4th. More Woo. details to, to come. Obviously, if you're coming in from out of town, we'll be doing the same thing we did last year where we'll have, you know, meet up on Thursday night, have maybe some food, some drink, uh, then Friday We'll, we'll do something in the morning, and we'll all meet up that evening and have a good old uh, time. But uh, Do a thing or two. How about it? Further details to come. Mm-hmm. But we are here to announce, uh, and this is something I came up with the other day. Okay. I figured you'd be okay with it. Sounds great. If you're going to come, it's going to cost you $3,000 payable to me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, $3,000. If you wow. want to come and hang out with your boys, it comes with the price, man. <laughs> We're wait, worth it. Dude, wait, look at it this way, it man. This is you. <laughs> because reasons, dude. I need it. I mean, because think about it, dude. We've had like, what, 275 episodes, something like that? True. Yeah. I'm going to say on average about two hours an episode. You yep. do the math there. How much entertainment oh, have Oh, no. I have done you? the math before. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, we're, we're owed definitely hundreds of thousands of dollars so yeah at least so at least three thousand dollars a person is pretty acceptable is what i'm saying you know but i i I, i'll say this you can come hang out with me for free yeah whatever dude look at you be in the face turning me into the heel boo boo (laughs) i'm I'm loving it i'm like you i've got money in my hands i'm flashing it around you bring your kid out and say like you'll give him a thousand dollars if he can hit a really easy basketball shot and then you just swat it down (laughs) fuck you million dollar man was a fucking great heel (laughs) just nasty just nasty man 
So yeah, be sure to, to hit us up if you've got questions about the meetup and stuff. It's going to be a good old time. Look yeah, forward to seeing awesome. all yo pretty faces and stuff. I yeah. just cracked myself open a taste of something local here. It's oh. got some taste on it. I'm here to tell you. What is it? So it's not only just a Zool beer company, oh, Zool. Rhymes Like Dimes uh-huh. IPA. Okay. It's an award-winning Zool Beer Company oh. Rhymes Like Dimes IPA. It won, what's it called, dude? It's like the International Beer Summit. It's like this oh. global fucking beer judging thing, and it won best in its style Fuck. for the entire world. Kick-ass, Zool. That's I mean, pretty serious. I've, I've, I've had many a Zool beer, and every one of them's been awesome. So I, I imagine they're just uh, kicking ass on that IPA front, huh? It's mighty tasty, man. I've got um, I've got two more of them. Somebody brought these to my birthday party, which of course is always a welcome gift. Yeah, and uh, I'm on my second one here, so I got two more here. So you'll get to get you a pull of Fuck one yeah. of these. It is it is mighty fine. It is. I would say its closest cousin is going to be like a, a bearded Irish home style. It's kind of oh, okay. in that cloudy, funky, hoppy kind of territory. That's good stuff. But it's doing something different to me, dude. It's doing oh. something different. Give me that that MF Doom fucking in my veins, man. Damn. All right. Killer shit. Real, real good. Hell yeah. So, dude, I'll tell you what, man. I mentioned it on the show last week. Uh, I just got back from a week of adventure seeing my good friends over at Sweetwater oh, in yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, had a great place. time as always, dude. I, and I know somebody listening is just like... Didn't he just go there for GearFest? Yes, I did. You did. And then I went out there to do more stuff, filmed a bunch of content with my good buddy, Ryan Fluff Bruce, who you guys know from Riffs, Beards, and Gear. We went out to Sweetwater last November and did a ton of stuff, and uh, we just went out there and did a ton more stuff that I've been editing on for you guys. Uh, There'll be a bunch of videos coming out on both of our channels for you guys to check out. Also filmed a bunch of stuff with... I mean, fucking heavy metal legend Nick Bocott, who's on staff there. Just a wonderful fucking guy. Uh, that guy knows everybody and has all the best stories. We did a bunch of videos. So had a really, really, really great, very productive week. And uh, I'll tell you the funniest thing that I think happened all week. So it was Friday, the last day that we were there. Our shuttle that was supposed to take us to the airport was picking us up from Sweetwater, uh, where we'd been filming in the morning. It was supposed mm-hmm. to pick us up at like 2.30, right? Okay. So we were all packed up and stuff. It was like 2 o'clock. We still had a little bit of time to kill before we were going to be picked up. So Ryan was like, hey, man, let's go check out their their used section because they have this like gear exchange room at Sweetwater where they have used gear and stuff. So I was like, all right, let's go have a look around and kill some time. Okay. So we all head over there. Kate was with me. Uh, she was out there filming with me and kicking ass and making my life so much easier. Oh my god, dude. Like I I love making stuff. I love playing guitar. Yeah. The setting up the lights, the setting up the shots, like right. all of that shit. I could give a fuck less about doing that stuff. It's like the least favorite part of everything that I do, and that's what she really likes to do and she knows what she's doing. So that was very fucking handy. Think about these poor superstar actors who have to do all that themselves. Oh, my God, yeah. man. And then act. Oh, and they're being piloted by a gerbil the whole time? The whole oh. time. The whole time. The whole time a gerbil is in Robert Downey Jr.'s ass being like, I am <laughs> Iron Man. Yeah. It's like a ratatouille <laughs> from like the inside kind of scenario. <laughs> That's how you know if you're going to make it as a famous person. Are you a gerbil in a meat mech? <laughs> You'll make it. That's how you know, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> 
so like we we head on over there to the used room and stuff she's just hanging out at the front of the shop because obviously she doesn't care about fucking used pedals and all right. that kind of jazz so i take a lap i look around i see some cool stuff and i go back over to her and just kind of drop the typical you know annoying dad joke and i'm like oh i see anything you like yeah and dude she goes i don't know that purple ibanez hanging up over there is pretty and i go what purple Ibanez? And I could see it on her face immediately, just the regret, like, God damn it. Because <laughs> I had walked by this beautiful Ibanez RGT3120. It's like uh-huh. a really rare model. I've never even seen one in person before, uh, much less had the opportunity to buy one. And it was just hanging up on the wall. And I walked right by it. And I grab it off the wall, and I'm like, oh, my God, do you know what this is? And she's immediately just like, fuck my life. Like, why did I have to point this out? So, I, of course, I got it Yeah, because <laughs> she picked it out. My wife picked it out. Yeah, she picked it out and said, you should buy that. She didn't say that, but well, she, she did she say it was it, pretty. You know, you know? yeah, so, that's pretty. You, you should know. buy it, she, she said under her breath. It was implied. It yeah. was definitely implied. <laughs> the words might not have been there, but the meaning was definitely there. Oh, for sure. In her, in her heart. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Uh-huh. Maybe. I'll, I'll have Absolutely. to ask her about it later. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, brought home a, a nice little souvenir from That's that. That's fucking awesome. Did you bring <laughs> home, like, a, a box full of root beer barrels or? Oh, dude, I wish that I would have. I didn't make it over to the warehouse this time or else I oh. would have just, like, dove head first into that root beer root beer barrel bin and uh-huh. the atomic fireball vat. I'd have just brought them all <laughs> home. A bit-o honey uh, no. barrel. What? No. No, I you, don't, fucking you don't want that? Okay. Thrown that into the abyss, dude. <laughs> Uh, Keep them bit of honeys away from me. So, um, you, I believe you you filmed like like well over ten hours of stuff last time, right? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I still have so much content from Gear Fest. I've not even started to go through yet. Like, yeah. there's so much footage I have to finish. It's insane. That's uh, yeah. That 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 would stress me out so fucking much to have like one. It, it would feel great to have it done. But yeah. then all the like editing that's that's how it is for me every time with the podcast is it feels great to have recorded it and then it's like oh fuck I gotta edit this <laughs> like even if it does, like sometimes it only takes like ten minutes um but it's still just like god damn it it seems like a huge hurdle for some reason yeah no I I like the problem solving aspect of it. Um, to me, it's just like, how can I cut this, this, and this, move the order of this to over there to yeah. make this a compelling mm-hmm. and interesting watch for people? Yeah. You know, what should I zoom in on? What should I put on screen to make this easier to follow or whatever? Like, I get off on the problem solving aspect of it, yeah. but the whole time, at the same coming. time, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just coming, oh, coming. I'm having to take breaks all the time, man. <laughs> I put a condom v, on before I start B. editing video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's kind of getting to that point where i'm like i should probably just start outsourcing you know yeah. um when i was at gear fest i actually met a couple dudes that do video editing and i'm kind of yeah. contemplating just like letting you go should. of my you ocd control freak yeah. and just uh-huh. being like i'm gonna dropbox you a ton of shit yep. and how about you deal with it mm-hmm you should I do think that. it might make my life better. It might enable me so. to actually play more guitar, which what? is yeah. the biggest problem. I know, like that's the biggest problem with everything that I do in terms of like, okay, planning a video, uh, learning how to play a solo, transcribing, uh, writing right. a lick, making practice tracks, doing the editing, posting the stuff everywhere. Like, 
I probably do that more than play guitar, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, somebody put it to me really well recently where it's just like, what is your job description? Like, what do you put the most time into? And is that what you signed up to do? Because my my idea of what I do is I'm a guitar player. In reality, I'm a video editor is more like what I am, you know? And I'm like, okay, that's not exactly what I set out to do. So maybe at this point, it's time for me just to let the reins go and hire someone else out to do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I think you could probably handle that, right? Just, I mean, it, it, it's tough giving up the, the, the reins there. But once you see somebody else doing it really well, you probably feel a whole lot better and just relax on it, you know. That's the same reason I started having sex instead of masturbating. Right, because it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's how you're supposed to do this. Oh, right, I can just relax. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, like you, you and Kate both sound like two people that are tired of hearing me hearing me talk about how I never have time to play guitar, or write music. <laughs> I think Kate's Crazy probably heard it a good bit more than me, but I also am on that side. Where <laughs> You've it's heard like, it, dude. You, I think you could probably let some things go. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'll think about it. It sounds crazy, but I don't know. Maybe, man. Maybe. So I, I had a big old week, man. Brought home some souvenirs. Um, also, my God, uh, for the, the guitar nerds listening, I got a Marshall Plexi this week. Holy oh, I don't know what that is, shit. but probably awesome. You ever heard like every classic rock album ever? Oh, yeah, I've heard those. Yeah, they were all recorded with this amp. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> it is the loudest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life, but oh. it's just so fucking fun, man. It's so fucking fun. So I had a good week. It has been very fucking hectic. And I ain't had time to watch a whole lot much of nothing. Have you? Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been two weeks since we last recorded. It's, it's been, been yeah. <laughs> two weeks since we did a show. Uh, so I I've watched a ton of shit. Um, let me just let me just start with the the stuff I've watched for fun, and then we'll talk about Break it some, down. some screaming chat and ice cream Sunday that I watched for fun with friends. Um. Network, 1976. Heard of it? I've heard of it. I've heard it's very important and that I should watch it. You yep. and uh, our dear uh, departed brother, uh, Brandon Suttles, yep. both told me that this is a really, really important yes. flick that is very relevant, even though it was made long ago. Yeah, it has not lost any of its relevance. It is as relevant as it's ever been. So mm. uh, if you, you know, if you want to feel more connected back to 1976 and realize like oh shit hasn't changed as much as i thought Um, (laughs) nothing changes humans are the worst in fact it's far more depressing because in fact nothing has changed uh yeah (laughs) network uh i mean honestly this was the first time i watched it and really looked at it as a comedy like i've always watched it and knew that it's like a dark comedy but like just really like noticing how funny i mean like there's a boardroom meeting that is the like quietest kind of conversation about uh uh committing murder on television that is hilarious it's hilarious (laughs) if you think about it but if you're just watching it it's like oh this is like really tense (laughs) but wow you think about it for a second it's like wait a second this is absurd um so anyway, yeah, network, go watch it. It's so fucking okay. good. Um, also, 
uh, along the line of, of really good. The Night Manager watched that. It's on I Amazon. Don't know that one. It's got what a. It's got a Night Tom Manager? Hiddleston. It's got a, a Hugh Laurie. Um, oh, a house, huh? Yeah, it's got a house in it. Uh, I hope that it's a movie about a um, a knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, that travels through time uh-huh. and becomes a manager. Kind of, honestly. And he, like, you know, he, he, like his employees misbehave and he, like, jousts them, you yep. know? Yeah, that's all I'll joust sure. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's not that, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh. Oh, it's okay. a spy thriller. Uh, Tom Hiddleston cool is too, our is our protagonist, and Hugh Laurie is our antagonist. Uh, so many great performances in it. Sounds awesome. Uh, it is. It's. I mean, it's. It's got a Bond feel to it. I would say, but like, if Bond were more of a sensitive type, then uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. The, the dude gets laid like crazy. But he, he definitely seems to have more of a more of a, a a heart than a lot of the bonds. Though Dan, I think Daniel Craig's Bond has a, a good bit of heart to him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, Night Manager. It's a sh- it's a show on Amazon. It's like six episodes. I think there's a second season coming. I recommend it. Okay. Uh, also, another show I I watched to completion: uh, Star Trek Lower Decks on Paramount Plus. Let me tell you this. What's that about? I'm, you, I'm not one of them Trekkies, dude. I'm not some kind of fucking square. Listen, people listening right now, they don't know I'm wearing glasses, but I am. <laughs> full confession. But I'm not some kind of fucking square, dude. Yeah, I I, I don't think it's for everyone. Seriously. I, I do think the comedy in it is, is probably, you know, accessible to everyone. But every episode feels like an episode of Star Trek, and the... The jokes and stuff are very much like tied into the Star Trek universe. Uh, it's animated. It's uh, comedic. Oh. It hmm. some really great fucking uh, people involved. Tony Newsome, um, Jack Quaid. Well, let me ask you this, and this is <laughs> okay. You know, this is kind of a deep cut Star Trek joke. Oh, here, I'm excited. So, sorry, uh-huh. some of you guys won't get this, but uh-huh. did they set the phasers to fun? <laughs> <laughs> Set phasers to fun. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Did Yowza. They Yowza. Okay. Did they? Is it fun? Yeah, it, it is fun. They did set okay, the phasers to good. fun. Yeah, um, good. Good I, to know. I would say if if you if you uh, are a fan of the original series and Next Generation and haven't seen uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, you can watch it and and still everything will make sense to you. But it has references from all of those shows. Original series, Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. So it, it, it's like really for Star Trek nerds. And as a Star okay, Trek sick. nerd, fucking loved it. Um, then also, I watched a little movie called The Black Phone. Oh, dude, I've been dying to watch this. Like, everybody has been kind of blowing up about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, RDM saw it. He yep. loved it. A couple other people in the group saw it and really liked yep. it. I mm-hmm. watched a trailer for it, and I was like, this does not look good. The trailer <laughs> looked pretty shot to me, man. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I guess the I feedback I'm the getting trailer. is that it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. I liked it a lot. I mean, um, it's... I, I do have a theory that Joe Hill is just uh, Stephen King in a backwards baseball cap and a Limp biscuit shirt. <laughs> Sick. Like, I got a theory. Because, like, his stuff is so much like 
uh, his dad. Though I would say it's always cleaner. Like it's a little, hmm. a little more like less rough around the edges, which is kind of why we love Stephen King is that roughness, where it's just okay. Like, so you're telling me in the Black Phone, there's definitely a gang of street toughs that bully somebody. Dude, there are bullies. There's a bully that bullies the bullies. Holy shit, man! Is that yeah. bully an an overweight mom? <laughs> okay, because that that's got to be a king thing, thing. I don't think Joe Hill has as as, but I've only seen adaptations of his stuff. So I don't know for sure, okay. but uh, right. I have not seen that in any of the adaptations of his stuff. So I I liked it though a lot because it does it you know much like King it's like you know there's one thing going on and then there's like a whole other supernatural element that you're like huh I dig that yeah that's interesting to throw that in there but I liked it a lot I I mean it's really good good performances um it's scary I mean it's got good like gross scary moments for sure and it it is uh definitely something i uh, you know trigger warning for you know child abuse for sure because there there Ooh. is a scene of child abuse and um it's kind of at the heart of the movie as well i would say but uh other, other than that man it's it's just fucking great really i'm good. dying to see it yep check it out it's it's i think it's uh rentable right now for like 19 bucks or whatever but i'm sure it'll be streaming somewhere soon word uh, another a movie that is streaming and that everybody's been talking about and you got to get on this is RRR. Okay, a or bunch R. of people have told me that I need to watch this. I assume that it's a pirate movie. <laughs> it's a pirate with a stutter, right? R R R. That would be. Is great. that the deal? Uh, no, it, it's a Hindi movie. Um, that's very different. It is so well. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there are, there are some elements of uh, action adventure if you like that from pirate movies there's also okay i do uh superhero elements as well as um uh, a, da- a couple dance sequences uh what there's like a five minute long basic music video where uh it just explains how two bros are just the broest bros that ever broed <laughs> This sounds like it might be a Bollywood movie. It is. It, it's very much <laughs> in that vein. And like, yeah, you you know what? The thing is, like, I think for a lot of people, maybe RRR is the first time they've seen anything of this sort. So they're like, what is happening? But it does it does all those things excellently well. So it's not like, okay. it's not like I'm saying, oh, you posers, you got to go watch some Bollywood or whatever. Um, <laughs> but you it, cowards it, don't even watch Bollywood. Yeah, look at you. Um, <laughs> but like it, it definitely, if you've seen like even, you know, early days of the internet, um, or early, you know, two thousands, uh, a lot of the, you know, memes you would see from, you know, like Indian thriller or that one where the guy is on a horse and he like slides with the Love horse it. under the, yeah, Fuck like yeah. all sorts of just like outrageous shit. Well, that's this movie, but it's like, it's just all done so perfectly well. A guy throws a fucking jaguar at a person or not a jaguar a leopard <laughs> he throws a leopard a guy hits a person with a motorcycle like not That's on the motorcycle move, he picks dude. up the motorcycle and hits it it's great this sounds a lot like everything everywhere all at once where it's just it's random as fuck and it is doing everything but it's doing it all super super I well have you watched that yet i was gonna say i'm gonna watch that this week i haven't watched dude. it yet but I, I yeah i gather that people I think, and you know, I don't, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty sure uh, around the beginning of the um, the the COVID, 
uh, we did an FAQ and somebody asked like what what movies would be like post COVID and I said absurd. Uh, and they that it's That's coming true. true. Yeah. yeah, and That's people true. want it. We want absurdity. We want over Babe the Ruth top. That shit, man. Yep. <laughs> I did call my shot. Uh, yeah, but like uh, we we want absurdity now. We want something that just takes it. Like y- watching uh, RRR, it's like all the animals are CGI and stuff, and you don't you're not gonna care. Um, it, like the the fight choreography is insane. There's a fight Word. where it's like one guy against like a thousand. It is insanely awesome. <laughs> Sick. It's so cool. I loved it. It's Sounds three awesome, hours man. long Sounds too, fun. and people are going Jesus. crazy for it. Yeah, dude, that's a lot of movie. It is. It is. So I recommend it. It's on uh, on the Netflix. So it's an R for every hour of the movie. Hence R R R. Yep, that's what it is. That's what the R's stand for. Um, also on our screams and chats and ice creams Sundays, uh, we've watched some movies. We watched a little movie called X-Ray, uh, AKA X-ray. hospital massacre. This sounds fun. I don't it know about does, this one, but that it? sounds great. It yeah. does. It's not, it's not at all. It's not oh. fun in any way. Um, it's like, does it turn so out that fun. the void is the best horror movie that's ever been set in a hospital ever by yes. like a mile? Yes. The void is by far like it, it feels like if you set a horror movie in a hospital, it's just doomed to be uninteresting. Sure I does. guess honestly, Halloween two in, in that universe, Halloween two is, is probably one of the better, right? Cause it's, uh, I mean, it's still at not the very good. least got kills like this, yeah. this, the kills in this are like, eh. The it, it was like the movie itself felt like it was tense the entire time because the music was constantly telling you that and the camera and right. whatnot, but then nothing was happening. So it's like if everything feels tense, nothing feels tense. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time you get to the kills, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> Who cares? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit. Uh, we also watched a little movie called Annabelle Creation. I ain't never seen that. That's got that little old doll running around uh-huh. what's being all creepy like. Have you ever seen a jump scare? Yes, I have. There was this one time stuff was like really quiet and then something popped out and there was a loud noise. Yep. And it spooked me for like two seconds. Uh-huh. And I realized it's like, oh, that's just basic nervous system reaction. I right. actually wasn't tense or scared. Yeah, the movie didn't do that. The the musical sting did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. that is uh, Annabelle creation for ninety oh, minutes. That. Yeah, wow, ninety minutes of that. I bet that yeah. gets um, old. Yep, it gets real old real quick. The first time I tried to watch it, I only made it about fifteen minutes into the movie. Uh, there were a couple of those jump scares, and I was like, "Man, I am done with this shit." If it happens Lame. again, and then it happened yeah. again, and I was like, "No, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing this." Uh, and it turns out the rest of the movie is just that. So I wasn't missing anything. <laughs> yeah, we watched a movie called The Unnameable, which is uh, uh, based on H.P. Lovecraft's story. Um, oh, Harry Potter Lovecraft. Yeah, okay. well, Harry Potter Lovecraft. And I would say this one was one that if I watched and paid attention to is probably like a three and a half or a four because mm, like the effects mm-hmm. were cool and the creature looked cool. Um, the characters were very unlikable. Um and that may have just been because, you know, we were watching it in a group setting and being all like, I hate this asshole or whatever. But it felt <laughs> like they sucked. Um, I, I, w- I will repeat, though, 
what uh, our homegirl Lori said about it. <laughs> she said, I'll tell you right now what this movie is missing. Hot ass guys with dongs out. Dude. So, I mean, that's so many movies, though. She's got a good point. Yeah. So I, I, I think uh, if they thrown some hot ass guys with dongs out in, that might be like a five or a six. Dude, it w- really would have upgraded the entire thing. And finally, we watched Toxic Shark on Sunday. <laughs> so a couple days ago. Now, I had an aunt a couple of years ago what left a tampon in overnight, and she yeah. got that Toxic Shark Syndrome. Yeah, Toxic Shark Syndrome, right? That's mm, where was it about leave, that? I didn't leave know a good. tampon in too long, and a shark finds you. <laughs> <laughs> it can smell the blood a mile away is what yeah. they say. You Just know? flopping down the street, like, got to get to mm-hmm. that tampon. Constant threat, man. Toxic yeah. Shark Syndrome. That's what that's about. <laughs> they tried to warn you. They sure did. Ladies, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, <laughs> That's one of the dumbest bits we have ever fucking I done. I don't know. I don't know. There have been some dumb fucking bits on that show. <laughs> that's pretty. That's up there. That's definitely yeah. up there for sure. Toxic shark syndrome. Wow. <laughs> so I would say very clearly this movie is no ghost shark. Um, well, ghost shark is a fucking classic. Toxic Shark, it had its moments. Like, basically, if the shark bites you, you kind of turn into a were shark, and that was cool. That's cool. Yeah. But they didn't, like, actually transform into sharks. If they had done that, I think this would have been, like, a, a much better movie. Instead, they were just yeah. kind of like zombies, and it was like, eh, whatever. But That's yeah. less fun. Now, I don't recommend Toxic Shark. Just. Watch Ghost Too Shark bad, a dude. That, time. that had been, you know, on my to watch list forever. <laughs> I'd been stoked about this uh, since they announced it, you know. So yeah. what a disappointment. I know, I know. You had that you have that toxic shark pennant you carry everywhere and just wave around. I do. Uh-huh. Go toxic shark, I say. Yep. <laughs> Too bad, man. Missed opportunities. Hmm. Wait, what did you watch, Ben? You said you watched a couple things. Barely a thing or two, man. Mm-hmm. So um we knew that we were going to go see the Anastasia Broadway production play here in Knoxville uh, okay. a couple weeks ago. All right. So we were like, you know what? We should watch that dang old animated Anastasia. So we done watched right. that. It's pretty fun, man. It's pretty good. Also, hey, it's not Disney. News to me a week ago, that's not a Disney movie. I'm dumb. Okay. I No, I, I remember it as a kid. Um... What was it? Was it like uh, Fox or something? Or one M? I don't yeah. know. Somebody I, else. I remember it as a kid watching it and thinking it was fine. Do they go into Rasputin having a giant dong? Man, they didn't address that again. He should have been there, <laughs> just being hunky with dong out again. Yeah. That would have improved that that movie too for sure. <laughs> just swinging that thing around. Did they address how he was like basically unkillable? I don't remember. He got pretty killed in it, honestly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he got turned into a pile of bones. So. Oh, shit. Mimi did it. Yeah, exactly. Mimi Psycho Gorman style. Yeah. Uh, he got pretty turned out in that one. So, yeah, not really. He was pretty killable, it turned out. Wow. So, the next day, we went and seen that Anastasia on Broadway. I'll tell you what, that had 100% less Rasputin. What? In fact, no Rasputin. Is that because Why? he was unrelated to that story? 
It couldn't be. <laughs> honestly, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure not, honestly. Okay. But dude, it's like, you're telling me you think you're going to make a, a story better by removing old rootin' tootin' Rasputin? I think not. <laughs> I'd like to have a talk with you about your priorities in storytelling, okay? Rootin' tootin' Rasputin <laughs> is definitely a Western we gotta write. He's what? born to raise hell. Ra- okay, so the reality is Rasputin actually escaped. Like, he survived, Because he yeah. is unkillable. And he moved to America. And he moved to, to the Wild West. To the Wild West, of course. So, <laughs> you know, he could hide out. And, of course, he became a gunslinger. And he's not known for being fast. But it doesn't matter if you hit him. He's unkillable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's got the biggest dick in town. <laughs> and he's got the biggest dick in town. Yep. Uh huh. He's got a big problem with them drinking whiskey. He's like, "Where is vodka? <laughs> Why would you rest perfect vodka inside of barrel? <laughs> Drink now." <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a fun movie. Let's be honest. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I I definitely need to to rewatch a lot of of those animated movies that I saw as a kid and only saw once. Animation is beautiful in it. It really, really is. Is it okay? Cool. I think the same day we also watched uh, a frequent topic of the podcast, A League of Theron. <laughs> yep, Charlie's Theron plays every role in A League of Their Own. Every role. Uh-huh. Now, let me let me tell you about this, because the reason I even brought this up is because we learned a startling fact about this movie okay. that kind of blew my mind. All right. So, you know, at the very end of the movie... You've got old, uh, oh, dang, what's her face there? Dottie. Main lady of what's in that movie. Do- Dottie, right? Yeah, but what's that actress's name? Oh, uh, 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 oh, shit, she's in Beetlejuice, uh, fucking... I know, Damn dude. It. Somebody is, like, smashing their steering wheel right now. I'm yeah, I'm totally blanking on it. Yeah, you just we keep talking, and I will, I, will, I will look that up. Go ahead. Okay, so you know at the end of the movie, it shows her... And she's all old, and it's like the uh-huh. reunion of the baseball team and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gina Davis is, is all old. and she's, Gina Davis uh-huh, right. is old, exactly. Yeah, we were holding that name back just to see if you knew it. <laughs> Did you know that that's not Gina Davis and old person makeup? Because it's huh. not. That uh, is a different actress that looks exactly goddamn like that's old crazy. Gina Davis. And then huh. the crazy part is, too, is all of her dialogue is Gina Davis talking with the most perfect ADR I have ever seen in my entire life. Huh. It's eerie, dude. Wow. I, yeah. I, I just always assumed it was her and I, old person makeup. I did too. Wow. I didn't know that. Huh. And that was, that was a movie I loved as a kid then. too. I, oh, it's I, great. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I've seen it a uh, But that times. blew But that blew my mind, dude. It's like, that's not actually Gina Davis. That is someone they found that looks exactly goddamn like her, only as, you know, 40 years older than her or whatever. What if there were only, like, 40 faces? I kind of think there are, dude. How many people have you <laughs> met in real life that look exactly like Buzz from Home Alone? There's palette swaps all <laughs> over this goddamn world, man. That's true. It's it's like, yeah, fucking uh, Sub-Zero to Scorpion. It's like the vest is a different color. It's a fucking palette yeah, swap. Yeah, it's a palette swap. I swear swap. to God. It's like half of all cops look exactly like Buzz from Home Alone. <laughs> yes, they do. They really, really do, man. Like, everybody has met that guy. Like, everybody knows somebody that looks like Buzz from Home Alone. Yep, it's a fact. For sure. Yep. So, so yeah, no, yeah. maybe there are only about 40 faces. Yep. They found an older model palette swap for Gina Davis. That's what they did. <laughs> Clear awesome. as day. 
That's cool. So uh, we also watched the uh, the movies that made us on Netflix. There, they had a a RoboCop episode they put out a while back. Okay, dude, it's fucking great. Just made me want to rewatch the RoboCop. Yeah, fantastic. They really do a good job of paying homage to the fact that that's like a fucking perfect movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is really good. Have you watched that episode? No, I haven't. Though I um, I watched something about Robocop, a YouTube video about Robocop the other day, and uh, they kept showing the guy falling out of the building, and like, they just every time it happened, I was like, why why are his arms so long? <laughs> why are his arms long? That's the only part of <laughs> that movie that I'll be like, why movie? though? <laughs> the long arms. I don't understand it's that. So That's weird. so strange. Yeah, it's like it the, seems deliberate. It does. It seems like they were like. Oh, on camera, like with perspective, it'll look right. And then it didn't. No. And they were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> keep it. Yeah, keep I it, know. I guess. But that was really good. And the only other thing that uh, Kate and I watched this week is the new Jordan Peele flick. No. Oh, yeah. You, you guys we did just a mini sode on. Yeah. Dude, I cannot wait for you to watch it. I'm excited. It's so yeah. fucking. You, you didn't listen to the spoilers on No, episode, no, I you? haven't listened to anything about it. I, I know nothing about it. I've only seen like. A bit cool. of a preview, so okay, I'm cool. Excited. Honestly, I'm I'm just gonna tell you to keep it that way. I'm um, trying, yeah. The first trailer that I saw didn't really tell much. The second trailer I saw told me a little bit more, and I was like, oh, okay, this is not really what I was expecting, but I'm still interested. Okay, I think going into it with a pretty blank slate is gonna benefit you. It's gotcha. it's fucking awesome. Spoilers, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I keep hearing that, so I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think that you're definitely gonna like it. And that is about it for me. That's about all that I have watched this yeah. week, other than uh, Night of the Creeps, which yeah. is now going to be in my perpetual rewatch pile, dude. Because I'll tell you, man, like when it comes to wanting to sit down and have a good time watching a horror movie, I always go 80s. Like there's a few yeah. flicks in the 90s and the aughts and stuff that I, I do go towards, but. 80s stuff to me is just where it's where the heart lies it's where home is it's where i live laugh love you know (laughs) yeah i know what you're talking about it kind of inspired me to be like you know what i'd like to do with this movie i'd like to put it in for just a weekend or a long night uh something or another 80s horror movie marathon that i'm gonna theoretically do one day maybe after i hire somebody to edit video for me yeah that sounds like a good idea hire somebody to edit video boom next night horror movie night horror movie night and you know what i'd like to kind of talk about my plans for this evening here in the preview palace welcome to the preview palace I'll tell you what, this beer is getting real good to me, dude. Oh, yeah? Mm-mm-mm. This uh, Polar Seltzer over here, original flavored, calorie-free, they say. It's doing Whoa, good not a sponsor. Me. They're not greasing us up to say these things. Nope, I, they can if they'd like to. I'll take crates of Polar Seltzer to be like, hey, if you want a fizzy water, there you go. I would love that because currently I buy... Boxes and boxes and boxes of Polar Seltzer water. I would love to just not buy them. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> hey, Polar, you know? holla at us. Or anybody yeah, who makes boys. seltzer, holla at us. I'll put out another product placement. Kate found this uh, fucking natural ass. Uh, it's not even an antiperspirant. It's a deodorant called Nude, N-U-U-D. Uh-huh. I just started using this shit the other day. I was telling yeah. you about it on our text message. Yep. It's kind of blowing my mind. Listen, yeah, I know. The way you were texting about it, it sounded like it was LSD. 
Like it's a miracle drug. Yeah, like you put it on and you just like immediately started hallucinating and everything was great. Dude, and I'm not stinky. That's the greatest part <laughs> that about. That would it. be the better part. Yeah, since it's what it's supposed to do. That's awesome. I'm going to report back after a few weeks worth of use, but as of now, mm-hmm. like three or four days in, it's kind of blowing my mind. Check that shit out. New. Okay. Anyway, the preview palace. Oh, horror yeah, movie. We're on a horror movie podcast, right? That's what we, we do. We just did two ads for stuff for free. Yeah. <laughs> we're um, good at uh, ads. Carbonated water and deodorant. So <laughs> I don't know what we're fucking doing here. <laughs> anyway, so the preview palace, we're talking about putting together an ultimate, just fun time, 80s horror movie marathon. Yeah. Steve, I'm interested to get your picks here. We got a couple of different categories. Yeah. We're going to lay out for a perfect 80s horror movie night. We got a zombie. We got a werewolf. Yep. We got a camp slasher, a comedy, a vampire choice, and also just a random fucking the 80s cocaine crazy wild card miscellaneous choice here and if you're listening if you're listening out there and you're like hey why do these two keep naming these particular movies when i have recognized this movie to be a classic in 20 and 22 we're going for the most 80s possible picks a movie that exemplifies the 80s not just the best movie from the 80s yeah, that was made in that decade or, or whatever, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. fuck, you know, the, the, the Shining was 1980, but it's sure. not an 80s movie. Right, you know? and I wouldn't throw it into a, a movie marathon where we're just trying to have 80s fun. Because Yeah, you're not going to have fun doing that no. one. No, <laughs> yeah. So let's kick it off here with a zombie choice. You know mm-hmm. what? We had so many great zombie movies zombie. in the 19 and 80s, dude. It's hard to narrow it down, but for me... When I'm thinking about an 80s zombie flick that's going to make me want to party, do I want to party? Of course I do, which is why <laughs> I chose a return of a living dead. A return of now, living dead is a good time. 80s is shit. Um and a good time. Just a great a great film, good time to be had yeah, by dude. all. I love that you've got, you know, great 80s soundtrack. You got all the really ridiculous like 80s costumes represented yes. by that that gang of punks. There's like 80s uh-huh. punk, there's 80s mod guy. Yep. Linnea Quigley's in it. I mean, well, Steve, yeah, you know, that's right? as 80s as it gets, right? Like if Linnea Quigley's in it, it's automatically five 80s points. Exactly. Yeah. Quig's in there dumping both boobs out. Dumping so, them out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 80s as fuck. Duh. Yeah. I think I, you know, that that is a perfect pick. Uh, I think, you know, also uh, Day of the Dead would be a great Fuck pick. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, go listen to our Day of the Dead episode. We talk about it a good bit, but it's shot in Miami. Everybody we see walking, the zombies we see walking around are all 80s out. It's very cocaine-y. <laughs> um, yeah, but dude. Then also, 80s like, is fuck soundtrack, Yeah, too. the soundtrack is just so 80s. And I think, yeah, it, that's kind of a... A great 80s um, zombie movie. And, you know, they even included it in Stranger Things. They went and saw Day of the Dead at the beginning of season three. So, very 80s exemplified type of zombie movie. That's a pretty damn old good choice right there, I gotta tell you, man. It's a good choice. All right, what about a werewolf? You're talking about a werewolf, a movie what's got a wolf, what's going where, to the 80s, to your 80s party night, man. Uh Now listen. 
We had some good ones, obviously. This yeah. is a fucking decade that dang old American werewolf, werewolf yeah. and fucking, you know, London come out. Yeah. That's quite a movie. I'm not going to say it's a very 80s movie, though. No, not necessarily, no. It's great. It's, it's great. fun. It's Wonderful. It's probably the best werewolf movie ever, but it doesn't scream the, yeah, 80s party to me. Mm-hmm. What screams that to you? Um, You know, I think there are a ton of choices, but to me, the most 80s werewolf movie is going to be Teen Wolf. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Yeah, it's set in a high school, already very 80s. Stars Michael J. Fox, like the, the fucking man of the 80s. Uh, then also, yeah, you, you've got just like a werewolf surfing on a, on a van. You got like, you know, just fun little like montage moments. Yeah, Slam Duncan. The, the funny moment where he turns into a werewolf and his dad is also a werewolf on the other side of the door. And he's like, I got to tell you something or whatever. Like, pretty all awesome. that just feels like it's, it's that like very 80s comedy style, but also a werewolf. Also, some stuff in there that's aged very badly. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's part of the part of the game here. Okay, so for me, dude, I went with one that we did here on the show recently because, come on, are you gonna get more eighties than a damn uh, uh, Busey with a head full of teeth <laughs> in a Stephen King short story? What's yeah. called a silver boule? I yeah. don't think so. With a motorized uh, 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 three-wheeler wheelchair. And yeah, it, it feels very 80s overall. Like, it, it just has, like, all the, the the markings of what you think of. Stephen King, Gary Busey, what, uh, what's his name? Corey Haim? Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Corey Haim. One of the Corys is in it. Again, the, the boys of the 80s, the Corys. Like, it, it, it does just, like... And it's even got that kind of Goonies feel from time to time, too. So It does great. indeed, man. Mm-hmm. So you're going to bust out the wild turkey. Yeah. Uh, everybody's yeah, going to do a, a, a shot whenever Gary Busey says, uh, bald-headed, uh, jumped up, jumped Jesus up, Christ, right. whatever he says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot every time Gary Busey does something very Busey. You're going to yeah, have a good time. You will. And you'll be drunk as shit. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Okay. So, if we're talking about 80s horror, you got to, of course, talk about a camp slash. You got to slash a camp up if you're talking about some 80s fun, right? For sure. Yeah. Now, of course, everyone's going to be thinking about our boy, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Like, iconic camp slasher guy, for sure. There's not a lot of camp in a lot of those movies, though, frankly. Yeah, and it's not... Yeah, I, I would say... Other than the first one and maybe, you know, the 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 uh, punk rock chick, emo type of chicken five doing her little dance and spider, there's not like a whole lot of 80s elements in, in most of them. It doesn't feel quintessentially know, right? 80s. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It seems bonkers to not put that on the list, but at the same time, there's other camp slashers that are just way more fucking 80s. Yeah. And honestly, I would even say fucking hot take better at doing a camp slasher yes for sure yeah as far as camp slashers go jason rarely has actual campers to deal with Mm-hmm. yeah what's going on your uh vhs fucking playlist here for an 80s camp slasher well i mean you know i think i think there's there's just two top contenders for me damn right uh and I, i'm gonna pick the burning god um, damn it i love the burning so yeah. much man it, it, because it, um, oh, you know, I, I think the other choice we have is the absolute choice. But it, this has 
not only 80s bullying and uh, just full-on like 80s guys being pervs, um, it's got people playing softball dressed all 80s. Um, it's got, it's also got that scene in like the city where the city's all like scummy and stuff. And then he, yeah, he kills is. that sex worker. Like, yeah, like all of that fuck. reminds me more of like, you know, other eighties movies too. So it's just like, if that feels far more eighties than say a Friday the 13th movie. I tend to agree, man. Is there any sight more eighties than seeing George Costanza with hair? Right. So. Yeah. That's just mind blowing. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Utterly mind blowing. Dude, the burning is the shit. I fucking love that movie. Actually, you know what? I might even fucking watch that tonight. Yeah, it's a good watch. Good one. But the undisputed heavyweight champ of eighties mm-hmm. camp slashers, duh. Yeah. Is fucking sleepaway camp, yep. dude. Sleepaway camp. A movie that, dude, you can watch on any level that you want to. If you just want to watch, you know, just dumb, silly 80s shit and some really graphic kills, sure, you can do that. If you want to watch it as this whole narrative on gender identity and forced gender identity, like we talked about when we did it on the show a couple of years ago. Yep. Dude, you can get so much out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's fucking phenomenal and probably the best ending of any movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to beat, man. It's perfect. Yeah, I, I I think it's it is the best camp slasher. Um, yeah, and the, just so eighties because like yeah, you got the guys in crop tops and short shorts. Oh uh, yeah, again we got we got the eighties bullying. Um, we got <laughs> plenty kids, of it. That camp is aggro as fuck. Yeah, the kids just cussing like sailors, and yeah, <laughs> it is. It is very eighties, and the pranks and all that stuff, and yeah, and it feels uh, like you know, unlike most Friday the Thirteenth movies, it feels like a summer camp. Yep, because yep. it is a summer camp. That's the one I'm gonna put on, man. Yep. Dude, I'll tell you what though. After I watch that movie, that ending is gonna just fuck me up and rock me so hard i'm gonna need to lighten the mood a little bit the party it's going downhill people are getting freaked out they were all drunk on that wild turkey from watching silver bullet then they got to the (laughs) ending of sleepaway camp oh my god what is reality it's blowing their fucking minds i gotta bring them back with some lols some lols dude what am i gonna do well you gotta pull out a a horror comedy and the 80s has some. Um, they have a, a number that are, are really, really good. But right here's where I'm going to slot in a Friday the 13th movie. Friday the 13th Part 6, I think uh, it or 4, my favorite Friday the 13th movie. But Friday the great 13th choices. Part 6, also great horror comedy. Just solid horror comedy. Yep, that's one that you don't even have to fucking attempt to pay attention nope. to. Just put it on, yep. catch the dumb parts and the kills, you're uh, gonna have a damn good time. Catch that RV crash, man. It's got all it's got all the stuff you need for a fun time and good jokes, solid stuff. I like it. That's true. That's a pretty solid choice, man. Now, for me, it kind of came down to two different movies. One is a little kiss ass to the uh, to the director of today's movie of choice, uh-huh. old Fred Decker. Yeah. The other one that I thought about that is just super fun and ridiculous to have on at a, at an eighties theme party fun time night, dude. Slumber Party Massacre Two is so fun and eighties as fuck. Yes. 
It so is. So good. It is. But I think at the end of the day, dude, I got to bring it back with my boys from the Monster Squad. Yeah. The Monster Squad. Yeah, I actually rewatched that too for this episode because, you know, directed by Fred Decker. And man, the works of Fred Decker. I, it, it It is still really fun. I mean, the. A, a lot of it, it didn't age well. Not a lot of it. I would say a lot of the beginning doesn't age well. That's when they you drop have, the hard the hard F. I yeah. think twice in the first like yeah. five minutes of the movie. In the in the process of uh, bullying a kid because he's fat, like it, there, yeah. In general, <laughs> yeah. That it's opening 80s. bit not great, um, but the the overall story is fucking awesome. It's again, it's got that Goonies feel. It's got. Uh, all of the the monsters from the the universal yeah, monsters like that that's really fun none of them um like i i don't think any of them are particularly scary like no, that, huh? that's that's probably intentional it's kind of aimed to his at benefit. kids right yeah totally Mm-hmm. super fun movie dude that's that's what i'm going to put on there before i head on into Transylvania to Vampire Land. Oh my god, an 80s vampire movie. Now shit's getting fucking real, dude. Yep, it is. Uh and I think uh I think there's obviously two major choices for vampire movies in the 80s. Yes. Uh and I'm going to go with Fright Night. Um Fright you're Night. You're so cool, Brewster. You're so cool, Brewster. Yeah, Fright Night. Um other than that particular character annoying me, uh, Fright Night is just so so eighties. I mean, even the the seduction scene in the club, like all the hair and the the outfits and everything, just so eighties. Oh yeah. Um, what's his fucking name that plays the main vampire in it? He's so good. Oh the the what's his name from uh, Princess Bride, right? Yeah yeah yeah. Uh fuck. Oh, wait I can't no. What's his fucking name? God damn it. <laughs> What's with us today? We can't remember a fucking name to save our lives, no, dude. No, we cannot. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I think Fright Night, for me, is like... It, it's, it is one of the quintessential vampire movies, but like at the heart of it, what people kind of really love about it is its 80s-ness. It's so very 80s. Also, you're completely right. It's Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Prince um, Humperdinck. Yeah, yeah Prince right. Humperdinck. That's right. And also uh, the cop from Child's Play. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. He's in there too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think Good Fright time. Night is is my is my eighties uh, vampire movie of choice. What about you, man? I don't know about you, but I still believe. Which is why I went with the goddamn Lost Boys, dude. Come on, oh, man. man. So it good. can't get more 80s than that. You can't. I like. Again, vampires uh, with leather jackets and mullets yeah. and shit. Come on, you've got you've Corey's got the beach are in there. concert. You got the comic book store. You got the fucking Frog Brothers uh, and their weapons and and traps and stuff. All just fucking the all best. the fantasies of an eighties kid. I think love Since, it. Yeah, great. Hard to beat, man. Mm-hmm. Iconic. So now the night is getting late. We've watched a whole bunch of flicks now. Yeah. I think it's time for everybody to uplift the mood and get out the old booger sugar. Let's <laughs> ride the rails. Let's yeah. do the devil's dandruff. Uh-huh. Let's just go with a fucking 80s cocaine wild card fucking treat <laughs> because there's a lot of movies that came out in that era that kind of defy description. And you just watch them and you go, okay, so everybody was on blow. So this probably made sense at the time. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> 
Uh, what would you say? What, what's your what's your movie of choice? I think I know. I mean, come on. Like, as if this is any surprise to anyone who's ever listened to our show. Uh-huh. My obsession, the motherfucking Wraith, dude. I mean, come on. You're going to have a fucking great time. You're going to watch Clint Howard with his big old <laughs> stupid hair. You're going to watch, uh, uh, what's his name that plays the sheriff in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Randy that, that, Quaid. That Randy Quaid, that's right. I remembered a name. I didn't use IMDb that time. I actually remembered a name. Yeah, we got Randy Quaid. We got Charlie Sheen in there from time to time. (laughs) Ridiculous ass movie. That is 1 million percent fueled by cocaine. Um, Runner up for me would be Intruder, a slasher in a grocery store. We did this on the show recently. Uh It's super fun, super stupid, great kills and stuff. But dude, The Wraith, come on. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, I you know when we were planning this, I I, I said one thing, but now I'm actually gonna say Little Shop of Horror would oh, be my dude. choice. Uh, and, and and though you know, um, that is it is a remake of a '60s movie, um, and it it still maintains that sort of feel. The over the topness of it and the, the way that it like plays out is so eighties. And then Rick Moranis and Steve Martin on. like are definitive eighties yeah. comedy. Like so good. So good, yeah. And also like what a what a way to end the night, right? <laughs> like he right. just just a fun time. So yeah, I, I think that 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 is a great miscellaneous there for eightiesness. Solid, man. Solid. I want to know what your all's choices for your perfect 80s uh, party playlist would be. Let us know about that stuff over on the Facebook group. It's the only reason to use that godforsaken website. (laughs) Come hang out with us. Let us know your perfect 80s party choices. I'm sure we didn't name yours, so let us know about them over there. We'd love to hang out witchins. Head on over. Head on over. Hang out with your boys. Y'all come back now, you hear? (laughs) All right, Steve, we are here today to be talking about one night of the crepes from 19 (laughs) and was it 86, I think? Yeah, 1986. Uh Dude, this movie. Okay. Yeah. So this is one of those ones where, you know, we we talked about doing it for the show. Uh Uh-huh. And it was a movie that I had heard about, but had somehow never seen, even though I love 80s horror movies and Tom Atkins and shit. Somehow I had never seen this movie. And, you know, as frequently happens, I had a little bit of time before I actually watched the movie. So I was like reading reviews on IMDb and stuff. And I found out this movie has this like huge uh, following. Like everybody fucking loves this movie. So, dude, I was excited to watch it. And I I will just say uh, right here on Front Street, not bearing the lead, this is like one of my go-tos now. This I, movie yeah. fucking rules. It's How so have good. I lived this long? I am like fucking know. 38 years old. <laughs> I have never seen this movie before. Where has it been all this time? Yeah. This is a fucking delight, dude. <laughs> you, you had seen this before, though, right? Yes. Yeah, this is when I saw it as a kid. I think I, re- I rewatched it last year uh, and was just you know still blown away by it. Yeah. Uh, man, it, it is. It's this is perhaps the most eighties horror movie, and that's interesting because it of course starts in nineteen fifty nine. Uh, yeah. But you know we'll we'll talk about fifties and sixties uh, nostalgia in the eighties, but. It, it it really just captures. It's got you know uh, the the comedy element because eighties is just we're just full of like 
teen and, and college age comedies. Uh, the college element. We got Aliens, uh, which uh, I'll, I'll talk about. Uh, very popular late seventies throughout the eighties. The just oh yeah, Aliens and horror just super. But also popular. in the the nineteen fifties. But also yes, also in the fifties and early sixties. So the this is like part nostalgia itself. I mean, one of the movies that kind of kicked it off, aside from Alien and Star Wars, is The Thing, and that was a remake of a nineteen fifties movie. So right. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's also got uh, you know uh, Tom Atkins, who I think is probably quintessential eighties horror, even though he's not in as many horror movies as you might think. If you look through his IMDb, uh, right. it's just that everyone he's in is a banger. Fucking um, awesome. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, also, yeah, you, you've got just amazing practical effects. So like it hits all the high notes and it does. A blast. Yes. Yeah. It is kind of everything that I want out of an eighties horror movie where, it's it's young people. It's fun. It's uh-huh. comedic. It has yeah. cool special effects and kills uh-huh. and uh, monster design and stuff. Like, there's not really a lot of boxes this does not tick for me. And it even has the fact that it's set in a school, which, as you know, is always like a big turn yeah, on you, for me for uh-huh. a movie. Yeah, and and I'm a I'm a big fan of that too, especially like in '80s movies. I don't, I don't know why. That that is just something I immediately think of. I think it's probably stuff like Revenge of the Nerds and whatnot that were very prominent in the '80s. But just so many '80s movies that were aimed toward younger people were set in high school or college. Yeah, and dude. It that set it like I think you know I, I think about it because like I was when my brother went to uh, high school. He's four years older than me. Um and. So I was in fifth grade that summer. I got a hold of his like high school curriculum book and I mm-hmm. planned out my schedule for when I would be in high school. Like I was kind of Whoa. obsessed with high school and it, a lot of it was from these movies. You were ready, dude. That's sick. Yeah. Well, I was a dork. <laughs> but you were like, using the strategy guide for high school is what you were doing. Uh-huh. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I and Honestly, it ended up working out very much to my benefit because I found like all the loopholes and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. You can take certain classes that weren't as hard as other classes and they counted for the same credit. Um, you found the cheat codes in that strategy guide. I did. Guide. I that's, did. A good, that's a good idea, man. I like that. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I think that there was you know some big obsession in the eighties uh, with just school and and that whole culture, and this this has all it even has the bullies you know we've got the bad guy bullies who are the frat guys and that those that was always kind of an eighties trope that frat guys suck, and this just leans into that. And it even makes our, our main frat guy basically an Aryan ideal Nazi type of dude. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck, man? So like, you liked this movie back in the day. Yeah. And it's always kind of stuck with you then. Yeah. Uh-huh. And th- this is one that we probably didn't rent a ton of times. I-, I remember seeing it just a few times as a kid and then seeing it, uh, you know, more as a, a teenager and really getting it because as a kid it's just like you know funny moments and stuff but you don't really get how funny it is but as a teenager just like oh fuck all the all this is is like solid humor um yeah but yeah i i, I love this movie as a kid and still like as an adult i think that this kind of just nails exactly what it's going for which is probably what we said about uh monster squad i think fred decker 
like you know this this movie is his first and then monster squad was the next year and both kind of bombed which is crazy crazy because, like, both of those movies about. have you know huge cult followings and you can yes. watch them now and be like these movies are fucking great like yes okay yeah they are you know 80s cheesy schlock and stuff in a lot of ways but that's dude, cool. like the the pacing the tone the look there's nothing to complain about here no there's not it, it is shot so amazingly well and that's true of monster squad too fred decker is a great director he knows he's what good, he's doing man. but he also yeah. has like a uh he has a style like you can feel a fred direct fred decker movie yeah um, and it kind it does suck that he like he he got these two and they kind of bombed and then later he gets robocop 3 and Frank Miller's script and studio interruptions and, and, and stuff kind of fucked that up. Well, so, yeah. you know, he he had his chances, but the, they all kind of got fucked up or just overlooked. I mean, this one, for instance, only got released in 70 theaters. So That's nothing. That Why? is nothing. Yeah. You normally, yeah, a, a wider release would be expected for a movie like this. Uh, only got released in 70 theaters, still made around $600,000. I mean, that's, you know, a bomb, but I'm assuming if they had released it in more theaters, it would have actually made money. I wonder why they kept it back like that. I I watched the behind the scenes making of stuff on the, the director's cut DVD. And, uh, Fred Decker basically said that he kind of was bad at playing the game. Uh, and mm, he gotcha. He sort of maybe rubbed some people the wrong way, and that led to it not getting as wide a release as it should. Uh, even the hmm. New York, like apparently the the New York Times uh, review of it, kind of uh, suggested that it, it it had snuck and it had been snuck into New York City because like nobody knew it was coming out. And if nobody oh, in okay. New York City knows your movie is coming out, that's bad. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Damn, man. That sucks because it is a blast, dude. And I was really stoked to watch this flick for the first time for the show. Mm -hmm. And then I was honestly, first impression, kind of confused by it because I knew that it was a, a movie where, you know, it's like, hey, the good news is your dates are here. The bad news, they're dead. I knew it was right. like a zombie frat kind of movie. Yeah. But it starts off with outer space stuff and then it goes <laughs> into... The 1950s, and it's in black and white, and it's like yeah. Pleasantville, and then here we are in the 80s. Like, the, the setup to the setup to the movie starting, yeah. it kind of threw me off at first just because it wasn't what I was expecting. Like, while the black and white stuff was going on, and it's all about this axe murder on the loose... I was like, hang on, did I rent the wrong fucking movie? Like, did, did I get the right thing here? Because <laughs> this doesn't seem like the thing I watched the trailer for that has Tom Atkins and zombies and right. shit in it. So it did kind of throw me off at first, but especially like on the second watch, dude, it's just fucking totally fun and it works, man. Let's talk about that, that alien space <laughs> thing that kicks the movie off here. Now... We start off on this like spaceship. You got these uh these fucking little alien dudes running around, and I guess their entire species just has like permanent resting bitch face. <laughs> permanent. I I love the design because the design is I love it. it's it's clearly a suit and the faces are expressionless, yeah. but that is a throwback to the movies. It's kind of 
paying homage to the 50s B movies. The thing about it is, is you're watching this and you're like, wow, the faces are just fixed and you want to like critique it and be like, wow, they didn't even put motion into the faces or anything. And then the camera gives you close ups of just the face. And it looks great. As if to say like, yeah, we know here it is. So you can't complain about it now because we just showed you. Like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah and it's just a shitty guy in a suit, whatever. Right, but the 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 bits that you do see are fucking masterfully done. It, it when it, it gets a close up on the one alien who is, uh, I, I mean, we don't know what the story is here. It's either no. a rebel. It, it's a rebel alien who is either trying to get rid of this parasite maybe to stop the other aliens from using it for bad or is trying to shoot it at earth but it doesn't seem like he's trying to shoot it at earth it just seems to be shooting like out and then it ends yeah. up on earth maybe so, no idea no idea also, yeah because doesn't matter the only <laughs> the yeah the only conversation we get is in whatever language they speak and it has the subtitles in whatever language they speak which i love is it fucking as awesome. if that's useful like that that struck me as really fucking funny and it took me a while to notice it because i was watching the subtitles on screen because we watch everything with subtitles yeah and I noticed, like, behind the actual subtitles, yeah, you have these, like, it almost looks like the Predator language. It's just, like, these weird, you know, ticks and this alien language yeah. that are the subtitles. And it's like, thank you. That's very fucking helpful. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and Hilarious. That's, uh, yeah, that's, like, that's, I mean, when you go to pay homage to B-movies, you kind of accept that your movie structurally is gonna be a little wonky like yeah. plan nine from outer space is probably one of the biggest inspirations for this and it's also considered it's to be movie. one of the worst movies ever made so like when you're paying homage to a, a a bad movie uh it it could be real easy to fall into the bad movie traps so you do start like kind of out of nowhere in media race like just what the fuck is going on and then you never get any sort of resolution to that but like it's hilarious like you're not mad about it like even no. though you know you watching it the first time you're like what is going on by the time you're done with the movie you're like yeah of course that happened <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's really similar to the intro of uh critters too yes critters also starts weirdly with alien bounty hunters and the critters escaping and then they end up on earth and they're doing their critter thing uh that does have more of a through line, but again, it's, um, you know, I, I think it is a, like homage to these, these movies, um, and the way that oftentimes they just didn't follow a sort of clear and perfect story structure. <laughs> they were just yeah. kind of shots they got and they threw together and, and whatnot. And that, that kind of, the, the way that it's that, but it's also done really well, like, the the action starts perfectly we're not in the middle of like any sort of boring exposition dialogue or anything we just kind of get what's happening and then boom we're in the 50s and then it's like wait now what's happening yeah <laughs> it's in black yeah, and white totally. now it was in color before what the fuck is happening it's funny to me too to like watch this movie which is as we said just 80s as fuck in the middle of this time period where, you know, here in the, the 2020s, we've kind of been in this 80s nostalgia for a while now. For a little I mean, bit, yeah. Well, we've moved on to 90s, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's getting there now. 
Yeah. But it's interesting to know that like during the 80s, the thing that we're reminiscing about now, they were reminiscing about the 50s. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the thing is that the 50s um, nostalgia had started in the 70s with like, you know, uh, what was that uh, George Lucas movie? American Graffiti. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Happy Days was building off of that. And so there, there was the 50s nostalgia starting in the, the 70s that carried over into the early 80s that then turned into 60s nostalgia by mid to late 80s. And this is on the cusp there. This is maybe yeah. kind of why the studio didn't believe in it because they were like, ah, oh, people are past 50s nostalgia at this point. But it had been pretty well uh, a cemented part of the early 80s. And it's why, you know, as I said, Carpenter remade the thing. Like it was people looking back to the movies of their youth, and their youth happened to be in the 50s. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, you know, uh, we had like fifties diners and stuff pop up and whatnot. Like, I don't, I don't know like, um, how long that lasted. I know we still have the Bel Air grill here in halls, <laughs> which is That's a fifties theme, uh, uh, diner type of thing that was yeah. started in the eighties, I believe. And it's phenomenal that that exists when the one in fucking Morristown closed down, dude. <laughs> I what? I'm telling you, if you even drove into the parking lot where it is, you'd be like, "Oh, this is this is a war torn country. This is a bombed out. <laughs> like tanks have driven on these roads." I think I saw the Avengers fight here. Right? Yeah, it, it's it's rough, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it still gets old people going there for that 50s Woo! nostalgia. Right? There you go, man. There you go, dude. But this, yeah, yeah nostalgia is a real bitch. Yeah, this is, yeah, 59 is what they say. So they are, you know, going on the, the later edge of 50s here, but it's, um, you know, it goes back to the the doo-wop type of music and the, the black and white and uh, everybody's dressed all 50s and whatnot, and they're going to make out point where, of going course... Going to do some parking. Yeah, where, of course, uh, young Tom Adkins sees his ex-girlfriend kissing on a, a feller well they're not kissing i Uh-oh. guess they're just talking but that's what they're supposed to be doing that's bad enough and he's um he's a cop then so i'm guessing by the time we skip to the 80s he's like 50 or whatever but uh he's a cop then and his ex-girlfriend is is, is with this guy and they see a comet i guess is what they think it is but it's actually this tube of yeah space pod yeah they see that and they go they go running off well one goes running off the other in a very 50s twist there's an escaped axe murderer who the radio says is heading west on route 66 toward corman university and she turns the headlights on and the sign is route 66 west corman university three miles no that's here (laughs) It's just stupid and fucking funny, man. I love funny, it. Man. It's so perfect. Also, and just the on-the-nose Corman University. Corman, yeah. The well, first of like 80 billion references to horror directors in this movie. Right, but that this is the one... that This is like, I think, the one that is associated with B horror and stuff and like kind of... you know, Household because, name, yeah. Yeah, because we, we get Dick Miller in this stuff too. So that Corman... Is, is the one associated with a lot of the movies they're paying homage to. All the others are more contemporary directors, which some of them are kind of... I would think it would be kind of a shock 
to say like, oh, I named a character after that director with one movie or whatever at this right, point. Yeah, like yeah. now we're a like, Cronenberg, of course, right? Of course he named Raimi. But at that point, yeah, Raimi had thing, only man. made Evil Dead. <laughs> like whenever I was watching this, I was like, man, they're being really on the nose with all these characters named after like legendary ass directors. But then I wasn't factoring in that. Yeah, these were not legendary ass directors at this point. Like yeah. most of them were pretty. You know, not well known, independent, right. niche kind of directors. I Cameron mean, that would be. Had done, I mean, I, honestly, like I was gonna say, like that would be like naming characters. You know, oh, this is Aster and Eggers and stuff. Right. But yeah. like honestly, because of the internet, those guys are more famous now than yeah, than you know, those guys were back exactly. then. Yeah, like there would have been like you know Fangoria articles about them or whatever. But uh, that's you know, a very niche group yeah, of yeah, people that yeah. know that shit. Like Steve Miner, uh, uh, the the Japanese um, janitor is named Miner. So it's Steve Miner. He directed Friday Thirteenth One and Two and House, which Friday Thirteenth One was kind of a thing. But you look back at their box office, Friday Thirteenth movies were never that huge. It's just that yeah. horror fans know them. Like everybody knows them ubiquitously. We all know them, but average people probably don't. Um, and House, uh, which uh, I, I think he picked Steve Miner specifically because uh, Fred Decker wrote the story for House. So there was like a connection there. So he was like, I'll, I'll oh, name one of the characters right. Steve Miner, which Word. is like looking back. It's like, of course you would name a character Steve Miner, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the 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 homage and then the like direct connections to horror directors and stuff is overt, but I think it in the 80s that's kind of novel like you yeah, don't totally. see that a lot in 86 so oh yeah because it was like oh my god a horror fan that knows his shit exactly. made this movie and he is naming these people right. after some of my favorite directors like that's pretty deep cut shit for 1986 absolutely yeah i mean you know we got Wes craven naming characters after other horror characters in scream 10 years later and it's yeah. like, yeah, that's badass. But here, it's like, let's. It seems, it seems, uh, uh, you know, kind of not revolutionary because it, it's definitely been done before. Uh, but it it is novel. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, dude. One thing about this movie that I was not really anticipating is how good the cast was gonna be. I mean, great. You yeah. know, with a lot of these movies that are legendary noteworthy you know 80s horror flicks it's like yeah they're fun for the vibe for the atmosphere for the aesthetic but then it's like okay you know your average friday the 13th actor isn't really that great or anything but i think that everybody in the cast in this flick does a really good job and i think a lot of the dialogue is written in a very natural and i don't know humanistic kind of way yeah. like even the way that like profanity and stuff is used to me feels very modern in a yeah. lot of ways. Cause it just feels very realistic. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, um, I mean, obviously Tom Atkins is bringing it, but, uh, the, the man, yeah. Uh, our main three characters, they're basically in a rom-com for most of the movie. Like Tom True. Atkins is in a horror movie. They're, they're in a rom-com. We got, uh, Jason Lively playing Chris. He's our, you know, male protagonist. And uh, his best friend, J.C., played by Steve Marshall, uh, who is in, he has the crutches. And then uh, Cynthia Cronenberg uh, is played by Jill Whitlow. Those three are playing uh, very 
more like rom-com comedic types through yeah very throughout Fer- most Bueller of the characters yes mm-hmm. yeah uh, and they're doing a great job of it because they feel very much. It feels like an '80s rom-com, college party type of movie. Um, yeah. But then when they have to switch into serious mode, they do very well. I mean, JC, uh, you know that tape recording that he leaves, and dude, uh, you know uh, what's his name, Chris, Chris Romero, sitting there listening to it. That's like a real like sober sort of moment for this so far rom-com up to this point and then yeah then uh chris and and um cynthia fighting off the zombies and like you know uh shotgun and and flamethrower it's real fun and stuff but it's gotten into a different type of movie now they're fully in a zombie movie at this yeah 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 there's there's definitely different layers to to the performances and stuff in here that i was not anticipating and yeah it's like a lot of it is like dumb and cheesy and fun like whenever you know, zombie Brad shows up to the door and <laughs> Valley girl doesn't even register. She's like, very funny, yeah. Brad, your date's here. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's stupid stuff in here, but at the same time, like this movie kind of changes gear tonally a few times in it. And I really appreciate that. Like, I think it works very well. Um, kind of in the same way that a movie like Shaun of the dead does where yeah. a lot of the movie is very fun and funny, but when it gets real, it gets real. Like whenever, Chris is listening to that tape that JC left him of him explaining how he got infected by this zombie. And he's like, I walked by myself on my own. Like it Uh sounds very, very real. And Chris's Mm -hmm. reaction to listening to this tape is very like, what the fuck is happening? And then even when he's like, I love you, man. Mm -hmm. And it's not like gay, you know what I mean? Like you'd expect out of an eighties movie, you'd expect that to have some kind of like, Oh my God, a guy told another guy he loves him. Ew. Mm -hmm. It is like a very realistic, like, yeah, this is male friendship. It's fine. Uh, I appreciated that. And even the fact that fucking JC is like a disabled guy. He's on crutches. And they don't make that like some, I don't know, they never explain it. It's just like, yeah, sometimes people uh, are differently abled. Well, Anyway, here's the story. Like, wanna, they don't even feel the need to explain that. And I appreciate that. I, uh, yeah, it's good storytelling and good character building. I want to talk about uh, two of the things you just said about jc because jc as a character i think is probably the most complex in this uh, silly movie about yeah slugs um <laughs> jc okay so there there are a couple ways to look at jc um first we can look at how fred decker likely wrote him um and i i watched the 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 dvd features and on that uh steve marshall gives his understanding that he came to from reading the script and talking to Fred Decker of, of who the character is. And basically uh, their, their thought process is that JC is, he basically is living vicariously through uh, Chris because he feels that no one would want him because he's, uh, you know, uh, differently abled. He hmm. is, he is basically like, so down on himself and he does talk about depression and in, in, at one point but he's so down on himself that he just doesn't see a future for himself so he's trying to make a future for his friend and that, yeah, that's kind of how fred decker wrote it and how how steve marshall um played it but here's wow. the thing 
Um, there's another way of reading this. Um, I, I read a bloody disgusting article, uh, titled night of the creeps and the gay best friend. And, um, I, I think there's some convincing evidence for a queer reading of JC and I'll just give some of their evidence and then some of the things that I noticed as well. Uh, specifically, as you just said, he, JC does confess his love to his friend. And, and as we you know, both know in the eighties that could very well just be played as a joke. Like <laughs> imagine if I was gay, ha ha ha. Like, right. Uh, that was a joke in the eighties. Um, so that's not all though. He doesn't just confess his love at that moment. There are other moments where he's very clearly, if we were to see this as a rom-com relationship where he's the best friend to a, female character and he's obviously pining after her now think of it in that mode when i read this quote i bust my ass to help you and you get chicken shit again and i push and i push and i don't give up and why you don't even know you don't even care because it's important to me that you're happy is that so crazy so if you think about that as the guy best friend in in a a movie where he's obviously pining after this character, that's an exact line that type of character would say, where they're like trying to intimate I'm in love with you, but they can't say it. Yeah. So then a, a little bit later, he says, fuck you, Chris. And Chris says, yeah, well, fuck you, too. Then he says, you try it. And Chris says, you'd let me. Yeah. JC says, you'd I want me that. to. And yeah. Chris says, you wish. There is a very clear conversation going on there, I think, where one friend is saying, I know you want to have sex with me and you would like to. And the other one is saying, yeah, you want it to. <laughs> well, I mean, when you put it that way, yes, that is exactly what just fucking happened. Yes. Uh, and hmm. then he also says... If you weren't such an asshole, even girls might like you, implying guys do. Or yeah. at least oh, one shit. guy. Oh, shit, I didn't notice that. Okay, and then finally, and this is uh, the darker, uh, darkest, maybe, proof that I found. Uh, JC commits suicide because there's something inside of him that will burst out if he doesn't. Okay, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so... It's very possible to read JC as a queer character. Um, and, and I think that's not that a stretch. It's not a stretch. I don't think it's a stretch at all. I think that it's very likely Fred Decker did not write him that way. Uh, but I hmm. can see a, a young queer youth watching this movie and identifying with him. And that's wow. the important part, right? Damn, man. I had not really considered that. So yeah, well, shit. Uh, that just uh, yeah. convinced me. There's another layer to this. There's, going on. there's a little bit more of a layer to this silly little movie, uh, but mostly I think it's a silly little movie. And, and it is, dude. It's very fun. It is extremely fun, dude. And a lot of that comes from our fucking man, Tom Motherfucking Atkins, yes. dude. Not his first time on our show. We've of course nope. talked about him with uh, Halloween, Halloween three. three. Uh huh. Um, have we done another with him? Something else. I'm I sure we, have. we did something else with him. Yeah, I'm sure we have. He's he's in several classics. So, 
Dude, he's one of those guys that that is just ageless in that when you watch this movie with him in 1986, I'm like, well, he's like 50-something in this, I guess. And then he's like still alive and kicking it now, and you're like, I guess he's like 100? He's 85 years old. Holy fuck, he looks great. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, he, From he what is, I understand, he's too, he's just a fucking head. cool guy. Just a nice yeah. ass, like legit dude. Yeah. And um, I love what he brings to this movie, man. Whenever we get introduced to his character, uh, of course, it just turns out to be his uh, his dream. But I love that he's on a beach in this like white suit. Uh-huh. There's like a babe bringing him a drink. Right. And uh, then, that's like his vision. And yeah. then the horror starts. Yeah. I think um, his character... I mean, I think honestly, seeing how he plays this character, I think he could have played Leslie Nielsen's role in Naked Gun. It would have been Dude, a little he's bit like different so tone, over the top. Yeah. yeah, but like the character, like I, I didn't realize until watching it this time that the character itself is comedic. Like, uh, there's that moment where he's like, he's like seen this like zombie and shot it in the head or whatever and now he's uh he's like barred up his door he's sealed off the cracks and he's got the gas running yeah (laughs) he's gonna commit suicide and it's like so subtle and like behind the 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 moment that like we've built up to this we've seen him in like get darker and darker and darker and then that moment and in fact that moment is then comedic like the kid shows up they have that conversation where he he reveals he committed a murder yeah and the kid says what was this line fuck it was so good he says so uh, other than admitting to a murder what did you want to talk to to this story yeah (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) like moments ago he was about to kill himself and now he's just telling the drunkenly telling the story just found purpose yeah man i don't know but dude like that that scene where yeah it's him in his house and he's just chilling and drinking and you hear this like hiss you hear like something is going on in the background here it doesn't show you he's turned the gas on it doesn't show you the oven is open it's just like him in his house he's chilling there's a hiss he hears a knock at the door he goes to open the door which is covered in tape that he has to undo yeah and then the late reveal that like oh he's got to go turn the oven off because it was open and he was about to fucking blow the house up and kill himself it's like not only is that so over the top and stupid and hilarious but then it also kind of foreshadows (laughs) okay he knows what to do at the end of the movie also it seems like he's just looking for a reason to kill himself like he has no reason to live because his high school sweetheart got chopped up by an axe murder and he's just been waiting for a chance to die ever since then i guess and this movie like i don't think valorizes that either like it's not like this is a good thing like I think the reason I think that is because earlier when um, Chris, he's like obsessed with this chick he sees once uh, and JC is just like, yeah, just go talk to her. Like, just yeah. talk to her. And Chris is like, no, you know what? I'll join a fraternity to be able to get her. Like That's the JC, impetus of the whole movie. Right. JC sets the baseline of like, no, you. There's a normal way to go about things. Like you could just talk to the person that you, you like. Um, and Tom Atkins' backstory is that 
the 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 girl that got chopped up was his ex. Like she had moved on. She was with somebody yeah. else. He's been hung up for thir- uh, almost 30 years on this girl that broke up with him. Like I it it, it seems to indicate to me like these aren't good. These aren't positive role models. This isn't like a positive thing. These are just these characters. Like Yeah. And, and let's see how comically they fail. And it works great for me. Um, interesting to me that this was written in a week. What? <laughs> <laughs> the script was written in a week. Um, Holy shit. So Fred, Fred Decker, he had the idea and stuff. And um, he had the short story that had the characters that are Chris and JC. And he took those characters and just put them into the story he was planning on telling. And that kind of moved it along. And I think I really love how that works because it is true. What I was saying earlier that Chris and JC and uh, Cynthia are in a rom-com for most of the yeah. So it feels like two separate genres, but it, it never feels disjointed. It always feels like it goes together. Yeah, totally agree, man. And, and like we said, it's like this treads so many lines of having stuff that is comedic and funny and having stuff that is very kind of tender and heartwarming. And yeah. then whenever it does stuff that is horror-related, sometimes it's funny and, and goofy, and then other times it does it really well, and it's yeah. like very fucking scary. Dude, that scene whenever it's like the... Uh, uh, it's under the what was it, the house mistress's right. cottage or whatever uh-huh. the axe murderer and, uh, under her her floorboards yeah comes up from under the floorboards like that is terrifying yes it is absolutely like i cannot imagine just sitting in your living room and suddenly the floorboards start coming up but she just sat there yeah <laughs> like i would not <laughs> she's just chilling yeah there's a I lot of just uh no cells in the movie overall <laughs> yeah but then like as you said yeah there are some goofy things like uh when the the bus driver like that dog that gets infected comes out into the street and causes that bus full of uh frat guys to crash the bus driver like swerves away and like as he's about to hit this truck his eyes cartoonishly go wide and bug out, like for like half a frame, half it's a frame. barely visible. Yeah, it's it, and I'm not talking like naturally he did that. I mean, like they put like some sort of cartoonish effect on it, and it looks it's so like, yeah, silly. ping pong balls over yeah. his damn eyes for like half a frame, and it's barely there, man. It's so goofy, but then like man, like other scenes whenever the cops like corner the axe murderer in that alley, dude, that's and yeah. You get that reveal of what that that corpse actually looks like, and yeah. it's standing there with the axe, and it kind of smiles at Tom Atkins because it recognizes him from back in the day. Yeah, it's really fucking good, man. It is, it is, and and like his whole backstory of like he came across that axe murderer killing his ex, and he he murdered him and buried him, and then just yeah. told everybody that he couldn't find him. Um, yeah, yeah. And what's he say? He's like, I already killed you. Or something like that. He's like, yeah, I've killed you like once that. already. Right. Uh, Fucking awesome. That effect is amazing. Like, that, it looks so good. The effects throughout this look great. I mean, even as we were saying, the alien effect was like, 
obviously supposed to be a suit and a very like motionless face uh mm. but it looks great uh yeah it does and the zombie designs are cool too like i love the uh the, the like splitting head effect oh, that you get whenever you got that one guy that comes to the window yeah. uh-huh and like it's like whoa zombie guy at the window and that's freaky enough and then his head splits open uh-huh it's like what the fuck was that man it's just like that up the level of how creepy this is yeah, very fucking slug cool. things good god oh Ugh. fucking gross man it just looks so like damn gross. just shit running around everywhere and infecting people and you know some of those shots whenever the slugs like jump in people's mouths you can see like a wire attached to it and sure. how they just filmed yeah. it in reverse but that almost feels like an homage to yeah the corman stuff where right. you could see the damn zipper on the suit and shit like that yeah yeah i mean because like yeah that's that's what i was thinking too because like all of the effects are so good that anytime an effect seems like obvious, it's homage. It feels like it to seems me. like it has to be yeah. right. Um, and, and, and like this is uh, we just talked about this with Creep Show too. Another uh, instance pre K and B of two of the K and B guys working together. Robert Kurtzman and Howard Berger worked on oh. this. Um, the the whole makeup effects team is great. Obviously, this like. I, I can't point to anything that I would say is bad. Like, as we just said, anything no. that looks kind of wonky is probably intentionally that. It seems that way, just to keep the mood light and to keep the homage on Front Street to me. Yeah. It seems like that's all very intentional. Yeah. Like, I love the way that, um, dude, the way that, that like zombie cat looks with like the worms oh, in man. its eyes and shit. That so looks good. awesome. So good. Yeah. And the zombie, zombie dog, dog looks yeah. good. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I can't complain about any of that shit, man. Now, the zombies in this, you know, it's like, is it a zombie exactly because it's these people that have been infected with this slug alien thing? So it's not necessarily like dead people that have been brought back to life exactly. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's a parasite, um, and it is a parasite that takes over operational control so, in a sense, uh, their body is being operated without their mind, which is... Like Richard Gere's body by the gerbil. <laughs> exactly. He's a it gerbil zombie. back. Yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, so, like, yeah, it, by the strict definition of undead, uh, no, they're not undead, because they have not yet died until, I guess, their heads explode. Um, but the interesting thing about zombies is that... Uh, uh, not all zombies are undead. I mean, we know this just from Haitian voodoo zombies. Like they're they're not undead necessarily. They're just under or the Dahmer control. zombies or Dahmer zombies. They're under Dombies, the control of call battery them. acid on the brain. Yeah, uh, might we call them zombies. Zombies. <laughs> zombies. <laughs> too cute of a name. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So these, yeah, they would not be undead, but they would still be I, considered zombies, uh, parasitoid zombies, uh, because the person inside is no longer really there. The parasite is just using the brain and, and body. So, but I, I, yeah, they're they're not undead, but they can bring the dead back to life, which is what happens with the axe murderer. So that would be like the more strict undead zombie. Yeah. They seem to retain some memory of their previous life. Like yeah. the the axe murderer zombie obviously picks his axe back right, up and resumes his work. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, some of the frat guys resume whatever they were doing. It seems yep. like they do retain a little bit of what they had. Plus, you know, with the tape that JC leaves, it's like he's a little bit in control of himself, at least yeah. for a minute. He knows his control is fading. And, uh, dude, also, too, just as a PS, that scene where Chris comes by his body and he's yeah. just laying face down and there's all that, like, sludge melted out of his head. Yeah. Just struck me as super brutal. Yeah, Grim it is. as fuck, man. It is. He, that character, I mean, if, if he is queer-coded, that his end is very bleak and very dark. Yeah, just alone, face yeah. down. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, I, I think... Um, I, I think we're meant to believe uh, he commit he committed suicide like right after, um, the recording that tape and yeah he so yeah he he had this like at least long enough period where he was in control but could tell that he was losing control. Uh, not everybody else did. Yeah, do you think that Brad remembered to be a Nazi after becoming a zombie? Because <laughs> that's just kind of like hinted at. Like, uh, JC says something about, like, shouldn't he be practicing goose-stepping? Yeah. And I yeah. was like, wait, like like a Nazi? And then I was like, well, he is, like, Aryan. And yeah, then, I think that was the, the joke, though. Like, just in it general. It shows him with, like, the eagle thing on his shirt in that one scene, too. Okay. It's really subtle, but he's okay. wearing, like, the fucking German eagle symbol on yeah. his shirt. And it's like, okay, so maybe he's onto something here. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's 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 generally uh accepted in 80s movies that frat guys all suck like every frat guy is the worst and i i think yeah like to take it even further than like well you know what what are they doing most frats are all white uh so it's probably some sort of weird Aryan shit you make the main frat guy some weird Aryan character it's almost like fucking, uh, yeah, Return of the Living Dead, where there's the guy that works the morgue that's, like, secretly a Nazi the whole time for reasons. Yeah, and... <laughs> I, like, okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that that is kind of... Maybe there's an 80s trope there? I don't know. I'd have to look into that. I've never really know, thought right? about it. Because, Why like, yeah, we, we, by the end of the 80s, get... Um, you know, we we've had through the 80s, uh, three Indiana Jones movies, two of them, he beats the shit out of Nazis. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, there might there might have been some sort of, like, interest of, or obsession of, of just Aryan type of figures in that time. I have to look into it. I'm just saying, I think it's about time that we brought back hating and vilifying Nazis. I yeah, think this absolutely. seems like a great yeah. time to do that. Uh, don't tolerate that shit. No, not at Fucking all. Fucking... Punch him in the mush if you see him. Yeah, that's I'm what they deserve for it. Yep. Let's uh, not tolerate intolerance. Let's bring nope. it back. How about it? Fuck Nazis. Yep. And bring back one of my favorite '80s tropes, which is having Dick Miller in a movie <laughs> being the same character all the time. Yeah, yeah. This is something real fun that uh, we haven't talked about before, but that Dick Miller in seven movies has played <laughs> a variation of the character Walter Paisley. Walter Paisley. That's yeah. just his fucking persona, huh? It is. And, and so, like, it started in Corman movies, of course. Uh, a Bucket of Blood and Hollywood Boulevard. And then, uh, you know, as I was talking about, there was the 80s, 50s revival. Uh, I guess a bunch of... 80s directors remembered that he played that character twice and were like, fuck, we should, of course, have him play that character in The Howling. 
or yeah. the Twilight Zone movie, or in 1986, both Chopping Mall and this. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? I don't know. Yeah, and then in 94, he went on in a movie called Shake, Rattle, and Rock to also play Walter Paisley. So wow. uh, it's a fun little like Easter egg, I guess, if you're a huge Dick Miller fan, and you should be. Fuck yeah. Old Big Dick Miller, he brings the pain. <laughs> Big Dick Miller brings Big Dick the Miller. pain. Ugh. It's known. That's the kind of graffiti <laughs> I want to put on bathroom stalls, not just Striper Rules Striper and rule. uh, Monster <laughs> Squad. What's it say? Like, uh, go Monster go Squad Monster or whatever. Squad, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, predicting his own next movie. I yeah, love that they, shit, well, they man. had already, I think, been working on the script at that point, Shane Black and he. So, like, yeah, that, that was kind of just like a, a calling his shot type of thing, yeah. But Striper rules. It needs to be discussed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they, though? I don't Do know they? about that. <laughs> what Do a they? choice. Yeah. Um, so, we kind of talked about how this movie has some kind of progressive elements in terms of like having this disabled character and stuff yeah um i'm gonna say it does have some other 80s tropey stuff that's like less progressive like this uh this japanese janitor character like i don't really know that that needs to be here like nope okay whenever i was watching it i was like okay this seems like a uh possibly racist portrayal of a of a guy with a heavy japanese accent and then i was like you know what Maybe he is just a guy that just came over here from Japan and he's got a strong accent. Absolutely you know, acceptable. Kate's grandmother, Oma, she's yeah. got an accent. Like mm-hmm. She just came off the boat from Germany and right. she's been here 50 years. Mm-hmm. But then you told me... Yeah, he was born in Los Angeles. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no. That, that's, a, that's an affected accent and I would assume directed affected accent. And that's... Uh, I mean, uh, you, you see... Almost any uh, Asian character, uh, Japanese, uh, Chinese, Indian, any any Asian character in an 80s movie is portrayed very stereotypically and oftentimes by a white person in some sort of makeup. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying this is a fucking endemic in 80s movies, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. the, the racism toward just anybody, honestly, like <laughs> the only black character in this is a, is a cop. Like there are no other black characters at that entire that's school. True. Apparently, like apparently, yeah. yeah, apparently that's the case. And, uh, we really only have one main female character yeah. in here. She's great as like, as final girls go, like she is a badass. Like she's got the Ripley element, like with the flamethrower and with stuff. The flamethrower, mm-hmm. right? Which hold on, did Ripley have the flamethrower in Alien? No, I think she just got that in Aliens. If I'm not mistaken, which comes out the year after this, right? Does it? Eighty-seven. Huh. Huh. Right, let me just check that real quick with Fuzz yeah. Check B. on that right there, man. Yeah, yeah. It turns out Aliens night. 1986, so it came out the same year. Same so, year. Okay, Bad it's not inspired necessarily that okay. by that. All right. Huh. Everybody had the same idea. Huh. That's cool. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, like, her character... Okay, this movie, it, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. No, for sure. yeah. I mean, they talk... Uh, like, the, the the girls talk, but they, all they talk about is, is boys, right? Yeah. Yeah, most of them don't yeah. have names and yeah. shit like that. 
I do think that she's pretty badass though. Like she does not put up with any shit from Brad. Like the minute that no, Brad is yeah. like, I'll kick this kid on crutches, she's like Fuck, Fuck off, go to hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's not common uh, in an 80s movie for the, the girlfriend to leave the rich boyfriend just because he's an asshole. Like, especially Oh, you typically in, get the, like, you know, oh, yeah, I have a black eye, but he loves me. Right, Blah. right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, that's poor writing, of course. Like, uh, this is a well-written uh, character, though she is the only uh, female character in the entire movie really that has any sort of agency or does anything um the other the other main character i guess is is tom atkins girlfriend in the 50s she has several lines but I she's gonna let him fondle her breast she says right and that line was very <laughs> it's funny. so stupid and over <laughs> I'll the let top you fondle my breasts yeah <laughs> um but yeah she she doesn't I mean, her her only existence seems to be that she is the ex-girlfriend of this one guy and the current girlfriend of this other guy, and she doesn't really do anything. So, yeah, the, as far as, like, representation outside of white male perspective, there yeah, there's not really any, I wouldn't say. But I think that she's pretty badass. Yeah, she is a badass character. She's a great, like, I, I mean, it, it depends on which ending you see. Uh, cause, uh, the theatrical cut ending, she, I guess, you know, gets infected by the dog and, and would die. Uh, but the director's cut ending, she, she lives, even though the, uh, the worms are going to infect all the corpses in the cemetery, setting up a potential sequel. Yeah. The one that I watched on Amazon prime where I bought it, it yeah. had the, the ending where it showed, yeah, the cemetery. Yeah. The director's and- cut ending. It's great. I think it's cool, dude. You just see that spotlight on the gravestones and then the ship like looking around. I thought that was really cool. cool. Uh, The original ending is cool too, but I I like the UFO ending better. It brings it back. It really bookends the movie. It's like, oh yeah, these aliens were the thing that started this and now they're back on this planet being like, now where did that fucking thing go? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I think it needed. And, you know, I, I, I understand why maybe audiences going to see it in the theater were like, Oh wait! So the couple we were rooting for, like they they don't get to be together. I'm not gonna recommend this to my friend, you know. Like yeah, yeah. I could see maybe yeah the the theatrical ending just not working for some people, but it it worked. I mean that's what I saw on VHS as a kid. It never really bothered me, and I think it didn't bother most of the cult following. And then when we see the director's cut now, it's like yeah, that is better. But uh, I liked the old ending too. I. I, I think really honestly this just bombed because they didn't promote it enough and, and it sounds that, that way yeah yeah it definitely sounds that way because it's also got so many fucking cool kills and stuff so yeah. many headshots oh, man. and it's like really cool like molds of these you know zombie heads and just getting blown away by like a direct yeah. headshot pretty good and gruesome uh whenever the uh the house mistress or whatever her name is gets like axed in the head oh man yeah that's brutal. Uh, there's a fucking lawnmower death in this, dude. <laughs> yeah, and that's shot really well, too, because we get the POV from behind the lawnmower and then just the splash of red on the screen. So it's, it's like cool. really and strategically shot. It's like cartoon shot. blood, yeah. too. Uh-huh. It's awesome, yeah. man. I really like that a lot. And then, like, dude, whenever Atkins is down in the basement 
there at the very end and there's that like slug pile in Ooh. the corner I, I guess it's maybe stop motion animated, animated i'm really not yeah. sure yeah it's animated they didn't have they had like two weeks to do it so uh um, whoa it looks awesome that's what i thought yeah like i when i was watching the behind the scenes stuff uh, the, the animator was talking about how they only had like two weeks and they were like you know super rushed at that time because you know now two weeks with computers you knock it out in the afternoon probably but yeah yeah uh then yeah the, this is it's stop motion and i think you know it's it's done justice by being shown in the dark but it's like right like wriggly and writhing and it makes me feel gross so it's really good yeah, me too. i think <laughs> yeah it is it's like you can't quite make sense of what's going on it just shows you enough to where you're like oh like it's this animate pile of slugs that seems to have this like hive mind and they're all trying to jump in his mouth i love he's got like the tape over his mouth then he takes it off and he catches that one and he's like not today you little bastard whatever (laughs) he says to it (laughs) tom atkins dude he's great i love him do do you like the soundtrack to the movie oh my god it's so fucking good it is so good synthesizers just knocking the park knocking it out of the park and some of it's like, yeah, 50s doo-wop stuff, but then whenever it's not, and it is just that 80s synth kind of uh, kind of soundtrack, dude, I love it so much. That scene where uh, the guys and the girls are all getting ready for prom, and it's got that like instrumental, uh, very fucking 80s track over the top of it. It's yeah. so good, dude. It's yeah. so fucking good. Uh, yeah. And all the yeah orchestral stabs and stuff like that, I think are all really fantastic too. Got no complaints about the soundtrack. Yeah. So uh, apparently, originally, like Fred Fred Decker had kind of asked for an orchestral uh, soundtrack. Like he, he really wanted it to be more like you know the 1950s B movies. Yeah, classic. And uh, yeah, and that makes sense. But uh, Barry Devorzen, who uh, did the soundtrack, was like, basically got the assignment. Was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do synth." Uh, and so he, <laughs> he did the whole like synth score. And then when Fred Decker heard it, he was like, "That's great." <laughs> so lesson Perfect. out there is sometimes uh, the client doesn't know what they want. Uh, there you go, man. And you should just give them what is best for them. I had so much fun watching this movie. It's so well paced. It doesn't overstay its welcome it's what 80 something minutes minutes long 88 come on dude yeah like an 80s ass you know zombie space zombie movie i don't want it to be some a24 fucking no two hour 45 minute movie like i don't need that dude give me tom adkins being like way cooler than everybody give me yeah frat people being idiots and uh, stupid, memorable lines like "thrill me" and all that shit. Give me zombies <laughs> with their heads exploding. It's Miller time, dude. I love that. It's totally so like purposeless, other than the fact that everybody's you know chugging Miller the whole movie. Right. It's a high life kind of movie for sure. Yeah, for sure. They're living the high life. I, but when he pops that cap on that one zombie, and is just like it's Miller time. I'm like, fuck yeah, so it is Tom Atkins. Yeah, it's so perfect. I think like I mean, so like. This movie just fits, again, like, when, when I say it's the most 80s movie, like, we're talking about a movie that, like, uh, it, it's kind of, it's related to Cronenberg's Shiver, which is 75, uh, and, and definitely is coming, like, trying to enter into a, a bloated market of, like, space-related movies, because, you know, we had Star Wars and Alien uh, come out in the late seventies and then, you know, the star Wars sequels throughout the early eighties. 
Uh, we had The Thing in 82, Wrath of Khan. Like, so much of this is, like, playing into already popular stuff and, like, connecting it to these B-movies and whatnot. It's like, Fred, Fred Decker here really did, like, not just capture a good homage to these older movies, but kind of captured a real moment in 1986 of just like this is yeah. kind of what the 80s is about at that moment he definitely had it figured out for sure yeah uh, I, I think also we should talk about uh, uh the connections to slither um because now that i've seen this yeah. i can fucking see him yeah yeah uh and we may have talked about that a little bit in the slither episode but slither definitely takes from this um but i don't think it like there, there was a little bit of controversy when Slither came out that it's like people were like, oh, it rips off Night of the Creeps. And I don't think so. I think in in a lot of ways it pays homage in the same way Night of the Creeps does to those B movies. Totally agree. And maybe it's, you know, like in some ways starts similar to Night of the Creeps. A, an asteroid lands and there's a, an alien slug inside. Uh, but asteroids landing and weird things being inside again is those fifties and sixties sci-fi B movies. So the fact that they do have those similarities of the slugs coming in on a weird comet or whatever, that that's kind of where the similarities end for me because the yeah. way that Slither plays out is completely different than Night of the Creeps. So I I, I don't see a conflict there. Uh, I think no. you can start out movies very similarly and go completely different directions, and it, it to me, it's not copying. It's not, it's not ripping yeah. off. Well, again, see critters like these right. two yeah. movies are nothing alike. They start off the same way, sure, yeah, but sure, nothing alike, nothing alike. Yeah, and then I mean, uh, Killer Clowns comes out uh, a couple yeah. of years after this, and it it starts out in a similar kind of way in space and very whatnot, similar but, way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think there's there's just like. There's no reason to discount an entire movie because it has some similarities, especially when the the movie that you're saying it's similar to is paying homage to so many other movies. Like, right? Yeah, yeah I don't. I see it as like a non-issue. Really, yeah, absolutely. Dude. This is this is now a movie that is going to enter into my my rewatch pile, where it's just like I don't know what I want to put on. I want to have fun. Night of the Creeps. Whatever. Let's put on fucking yeah, Night of the Creeps, dude. Absolutely. Like, I don't see myself ever putting this on and being like, this was not the right choice. <laughs> I agree. I really, really enjoy it, man. Do you have any yeah. other uh, further thoughts? Anything you want to point out about this thing? No, just great. Just love it. Um, it's fun. Absolute just fun. fun. 100% type of movie that you just want to throw on when you want to enjoy yourself. Um, yeah. Not not uh, not the deepest movie, but it doesn't need to be. It's uh, much like Monster Squad. It doesn't need to be deep uh, because I'm having fun. I'm enjoying yep. myself. Yeah. Totally, man. Totally agree with that, dude. Nothing but a good time, as Poison may have said, in the same <laughs> decade. Yeah. What you Absolutely. gonna rate this thing? Oh, uh, I mean it's up there, like, um, uh, you know, not not absolutely perfect, but I don't really have anything to complain about. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say like a a nine nine and a half area. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. I'm I'm also gonna say like nine because I don't really have. 
anything that I would complain about personally. No. It kind of ticks all the boxes for yeah. what I want out of an out of an 80s horror movie that's just fun. So, yeah, yeah I'll watch this one any old goddamn time. Agreed. I'm glad to have had this one as part of my like regular watch list. Uh, we had the option of renting or buying on Amazon, and I asked you about it, and you were <laughs> like, oh, you're going to want to buy this one. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. fine. So I, I bought knew it. it was going to be one that was going to enter no your regular regrets. rotation. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets whatsoever, man. Super good. Hope that you guys enjoy it too. I uh, look forward to hearing your opinions about this flick over on our social media pages. Find us with our Linktree page. Just look up Linktree Dead and Lovely. You'll find it. You'll yeah, find the links to our there. Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, all that stuff where you can interact with us. And most importantly, our Patreon page. Yes, Patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Head on over there. Become a $5 patron. Uh, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl and then we draw from the smoking bowl and we cover that movie just like we did today with the movie submitted by jake raymer uh i yeah. think somebody else had it in there as well uh and i think they both said night of the motherfucking creeps so fuck yeah dude this yeah. is a full title yeah i like it man I uh like but it. also if you become a patron on any level we got uh patreon exclusive episodes uh most recently we had uh, uh, uh me and anna martin talking about volume one and two of stranger things four uh, we'll have some more stuff out as 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 uh, the months go along. So mm-hmm. head on over there; it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, support the show, do what you can to uh, show your boys some love, or pay us that three thousand dollar fee if you want to <laughs> hang out with us at the meetup later this year. Uh, well, you know, I say pay us; I mean pay me. Right, the three thousand dollars. A hundred dollars of it is refundable. So, okay, yeah, that's just, fair. If, if you pay ahead of time and then you can't come. You can get up to $100. Yes, not guaranteed, but up to. Up to. No mm-hmm. more than $100 back should you cancel and, your plans. And just to clear up any confusion, I'll say again, it's absolutely free. Just show up. No, this is my idea. These are my rules. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Hit up you boys. And uh, yeah, support us on there and be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yeah. I've not seen enough, dude. Leave me Get some over. silly ass reviews and I'm going to read them on the show, okay? Like, leave some review on there. It has to be G-rated. Don't put bad words in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but make a silly ass review. I will read it on the show. I need more reviews. I thrive on positive reinforcement. I'm a sensitive artist, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, self-centered dickhead. So I need to hear that our show is good. So please go on there and review the show. Helps us out a lot. And uh, you know what, Steve? I'm kind of feeling like as we're getting in here into the the, the death knell of summer where it's Mm. 120 degrees every day, I need you to thrill me as we go into August. Oh, yeah? When we enter into Action August. Action August. We're doing it again. It's the fucking sequel because what's an action movie without its sequels and stuff? We did Action August last year for the first time. Was it the first time? I think it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And those are like awesome of our highest rated episodes. <laughs> yes. People love it when we talk about stuff that isn't horror. Oh. <laughs> so like half of our show all the time. Right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so we're bringing it back, man. It worked once. So we're going to fucking sequelize the motherfucker and do yeah. Action August again. And what are we going to kick this off with other than a sequel yeah. of a goddamn legendary flick? And I'm so excited to watch this because I think I've seen this movie, I want to say, one time. I oh, really man. don't remember anything about it. What are we okay. talking about? Talking about Predator 2. Uh, and I'm excited. 
I'm excited because uh, man, Predator Two. It's a it's a sweaty LA movie, and I like a sweaty LA movie, so I'm excited. Yeah, me too. It's been way too long, so I look forward to checking that one out and viewing it through the critical lens of the next episode of Dead and Lovely. So be sure to tune in then. We're also going to be putting up a vote here really soon for half of the month of Action August. So we've got Predator 2. The next month is going to be your pick for your Tog for your birthday, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. We won't say what that is yet, but we're going to put a vote up. For the next two weeks after that, so uh, it'll be it'll be six choices. The top two vote getters will be the next two episodes, and then we'll have a Patreon pick. Maybe it'll be action. Who knows? Maybe it will. Where are we going to put that vote up? Uh, we're going to put it up on the Facebooch. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Best place to mm-hmm. do a poll easily. So uh, head on over to Facebook, uh, and uh, it'll be on our Dead and Lovely page. It'll be up there. I'll pin it to the top. Vote. I'm telling you, we got six really good choices here, so oh, yeah. I'm excited That's for right. any one of them. I'm going to invite you guys to head on over to that group and smoke our pole, okay? <laughs> I want to see all y'all showing up and being a whole just horde of pole smokers. I would also like to invite you to smoke my pole. Uh-huh. Get mm-hmm. on there and just, I'm I'm talking smoke that thing. All oh, right? yeah. Damn. And uh, tune in next week for the newest installment of Dead and Lovely here with the hostess most, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, uh, Leawood Steve. (laughs) What happened there? (laughs) Marilyn Steve. I almost said Uncle. What was that? I was like, me, (laughs) Uncle Leawood Steve. Anyway. Interesting. Okay. Well, you guys tune in next time. We'll catch you later. Thrill us. Bye. Bye. All right, man, I got a bone to pick Uh with Street Fighter. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Street Fighter. I'm thinking about all the time I spent as a a kinder kid playing on that Street Fighter Mm -hmm. 2, being like, oh, I'm a world warrior. I'm Blanca in the jungle uh, rolling around and uh, charging up with lightning and so forth. I thought I was playing truth, you know? I thought thought there was some truth in this art, in this so-called game. Mm-hmm. I got thinking about this the other day. Okay. Are we really fighting in the streets in this game? Okay. You think about like Chun-Li's stage? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a guy back you are behind you choking a chicken. You're, yep. you're on the street. Yep. Somebody's on a bicycle. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you are on a street. Are you street fighting in E-Honda stage? No, you, you're in a bathhouse. Yeah, you're bathhouse fighting. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Are you a street fighter whenever you're fighting Zangief in a fucking factory in the USSR? I mean, that could be a street n- near the factory, but it seems to be in the factory. It's an interior yeah. shot of that factory yeah. for sure. Yeah, There's is. chains dangling. Right. You know? Maybe it's one of them okay. open factories, but no, I think you're right. Yeah, not on a street. Maybe you go and fight Ryu in the streets of his dojo. <laughs> kind of bullshit ass shit is this huh (laughs) ryu like come on guy like at least meet me halfway Uh uh-huh this ain't no fucking street fight they should have called the fucking game place fighter (laughs) place fighter 2 turbo because you're just fighting in places ain't a street there's barely a street in the fucking game bullshit ass fucking game like 
honestly, I can't think of another person you fight on a street. So, yeah, place fighter, probably more accurate. It does yeah. seem like less catchy, I think, than street Yeah, but fighter. it's honest. But it it's is honest, honest yeah. And we, you know what? The, uh, above all, I need honesty in game titles. Exactly right. We uh-huh. need that kind of just full disclosure, right. just yep. openness about what you're getting into <laughs> uh-huh. when you play that game. And that's why it should be renamed Place Fighter. Look at NES titles. Golf. Guess yeah, what you do? Baseball. You golf. Uh huh. So hey, big surprise. You know what you're hunting in duck hunt? Um, ducks. ducks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I'm with you. It's now Place Fighter Turbo. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty stupid. Yep. <laughs> but not wrong. No. What? Who even would begin to think that was wrong? Nope. 